Welcome to Light the Sky Podcast, where we are bringing you some of the greatest discographies that have ever been captured, uh, played back, and uh, song by song, track by track, album by album, we are delivering our feedback to you. And this is Nirvana's Nevermind, 1991, uh, very tail end of 91, uh, one of the most, I guess, impactful albums of all time, whether you like it or not, whether you live through the era or not, I think it's hard to debate that the uh, impact that this album had on the way musical direction shifted is, I don't know, unmatched. I don't know, I don't know what else you might be able to compare to it. So that's where we're going to be going tonight. Uh, we are uh, four co-hosts here, live streaming on Twitch now. Uh, so definitely check us out there if you want to see the show unfold live if you want to drop comments in the chat if you want to heckle us if you want to tell us that our opinions are garbage uh live rather than in reviews you can do that by going to twitch.tv slash light the sky podcast this is a lot of fun light the sky light the sky it's right twitch.tv yeah. light, light the sky, sky. Yeah, automatic okay. block and, no. and, and, and speaking of automatic <laughs> block um we are not playing these songs live on air whether you see this on twitch or whether you see this on youtube Sorry, it's the stupid DMCA that tech companies are just so ham-fisted in enforcing, and that just basically disallows us from doing anything without getting copyright strikes. So we're trying to work out a way for that you can uh, actually listen live uh, alternatively uh, and hear the music. And but if you see us jamming out, if you see Alex air drumming, Chris head bobbing, Kevin sleeping, um, we're probably listening to music. So that's that's what the, the deal is. Uh, you just don't hear it because we'll get a copyright strike for it. So that's just the way it's going to be for now. But we're having a lot of fun doing this live, and hopefully you will join us. Um, Alex, you got some good comments this week. We had some uh, some good feedback we'd like to read live on our air, uh, live on air here for uh, you know our three listeners that are tuning in and also happen to be sending good feedback here. So uh, Alex, you got some good comments this week, uh, perhaps on the previous discography? Uh, I, I didn't know I was the guy well, reading it tonight, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I can read yeah. one of our reviews while Alex uh, stumbles around. We got one that says Kevin from Tranin G, incredibly entertaining. I stumbled upon this co- podcast trying to find more album reviews of artists I like, and lo and behold, I found this gem. I thoroughly enjoy listening to these guys' takes on the albums. I can't wait for the next episode. Excellent. One of my new favorite podcasts. Well, we thank you very much, Tran and G, for that review. We appreciate keep it. Keep listening. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep sending yes. it your way. So, uh, the- uh, I got, yeah, I got one here on the uh, top five productions uh, episode where we're talking about sonic quality uh, and our favorite uh, produced records. So, uh, Hesco182, uh, awesome bonus episode. Alex, always love a good 1975 mention. Hopefully, we can dissect one of their albums top to bottom. Uh, he's going to take the total album home to take a deeper dive into. Chris, love the tool pick. Always dabbled, but never went head first, so great opportunity now. Kevin, the dual leap pick was awesome. Always, I always overlook modern pop music, but I think the tracks you played had something special. Mark, having grown up in Chicago and a huge Kanye fan, 
I love, love, and appreciate the MBDTF. My beautiful dark twisted the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Show, shows you how as big as a Kanye aficionado I am. But I'm very familiar with his work, so it's the Dire Straits pick that I'm taking home to look into. Love the show. Keep cool. it up. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, previous much. episode, one of our special episodes. When we're not doing album by album, track by track stuff, we're just talking music. We are four uh, guys in a roundtable discussion here, and hopefully you'll be joining us on Twitch uh, with this new format. So that's the format of the show. It's a show of opinions, and uh, this might uh, light some fires here because Nirvana, never mind. Um, you know, all of us are uh, in some ways more or less big fans of the 80s, and this was the album that basically dealt that final blow it was basically i guess you could think of that scene from casino where they've finally had enough of joe pesci they finally had enough of his nonsense so they take him out to the cornfield and they just beat him with a bat and that's what this album did to the scene of uh the la strip scene i suppose um being that it was a giant roadblock to anybody who wanted to continue down that path of music and you know what i think i think it needed a uh, uh a little um well I mean, it needed this, I guess, that this was a, a, if nothing else, this was a refreshing change of pace. I am going to offer my opinion first on this album, my opening opinion. Um, I found it interesting that uh, we're kind of always, like culture always trails uh, 30 years when it comes to a nostalgia point. And so being that this is the year 2021, now it is, this album is 30 years old almost, or just, just turned 30, didn't it? Like last month, so... This is uh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. a huge nostalgia. See, Alex has got his flannel shirt on. Um, I mean, this is a, uh, a, a you know a huge you know revival now. Nineties culture, you know how fifties was huge in the eighties. Back to the Future and you know nineties had a lot of reflections of the sixties. I mean, there's some hippie throwbacks on this album. I mean, Woodstock '99 and 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 all that. Just kind of people trying to bring that Lennon and Cobain being compared. Um, and we just lived through kind of an 80s revival. You know, the 2010s, I think, had a lot of 80s, uh, even in just some very mainstream pop, uh, you know, as far as The weekend and, and whatever, and, and Daft Punk, and everything just getting, like, you know, very nostalgic for that 30-year trailing point. So here we are. I don't know that I'm excited for it. Um, I grew up at the very end of this. Uh, listen to our Bleach episode for at least my impressions on the 90s. It's no secret that I just don't like 90s rock. I love 90s movies, TV shows, fashion, eh, I don't know, but, uh, um, you know, 90s. 90s rock, not a fan of. So it's tough for me to evaluate this in the sense that I, um, you know, that there's a lot of things on this album that pioneered musical trends that I hate. Um, and I have to distance myself from that when judging this album. Uh, you know, and to establish myself in the grunge scene, because I grew up at the very tail end of the post-grunge era, so I ignored all of it, and I hated just the entire genre because of that. So I decided to jump uh, feet first into the entire grunge scene uh, with not just listening to this record, but everything else around it. I listened to some Pearl Jam. Um, you know, the songs are good. I hate the Vetter voice, but that's just, you know, it's a personal preference. You can't deny that it's unique and, the, and that they are a really talented band. Like they really are a group. I think they're a group of musicians that would be successful in any era. So it's hard to really say that that's a grunge band. Their album came out before this one. So it just sounds like that they were just, you know, a group of a, a talented band that was going to be found no matter what. Um, you know, tried a little Soundgarden. I, I, you know, I would shoot Black Hole Sun into the sun if I could. I hate that song. But the rest of the stuff, it's not that bad, really. Like, it is kind of just straightforward hard rock. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, their first album, pretty good. Um, you know, but ultimately, it just kind of all gets a little boring to me. Like, I just didn't really find any of these bands captivating. 
And then so as I'm clicking around on YouTube, looking for something that I could really dig into, I, uh, you know, besides Nirvana that we're listening to, I find this one track, I click on it, and it is the track Wood by Alice in Chains. And I'm watching it, and yeah. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> this is good stuff. Alice in Chains. Of Incredible. Really great, yeah. I was listening to Jar of yeah. Flies, and I was listening to um, you know, their first album, which came out before this one, and it just man that that band blew me away like i can't believe that this band like i just ignore them completely because of the entire right. scene or just like they're a 90s band it's you know they're associated with one of the you know, being one of the big grunge acts so i just basically ignored them and uh like i'm really glad i find them i found them they've been kind of a, a band of the year for me just really discovering them and so they had to go from nirvana to getting back to or going going from alice and shane's back to nirvana and it was just it was so I guess like I had, I'm glad that I did that because you really understood how Allison Chains kind of retained a lot of that late '80s sound. Um, uh, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots. There's a lot of stuff that sounds like it is coming from uh, Guns N' Roses, or not Guns N' Roses, Metallica Black album. So, like, there's a lot there that just isn't as separate, separated as Nirvana is from. Uh, or the, the, from the rest of the '80s. So this album is a total slap in the face to the whole scene. I think it's good for that. It doesn't sound, um, you know, eighties at all, like the other albums. And really, I don't know if it's the best album that I've heard, but it definitely is the most well-timed album that I could think of. Uh, so with that in mind and the songs, uh, that we'll get into, I think I would have to give this right now. I'm going to have to give it a six out of 10. That is my opening rating. And it moves on to me then. I'm, I don't have a long uh, diatribe about 90s music because I didn't listen to any other <laughs> 90s music this week except for this album. But I don't regret that. That's fine. I'm going to move right from Bleach to Nevermind. That's okay. And now we can finally talk about uh, what Chris is mentioning last album, The Next Steps. That 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 step from what was Bleach to what is Nevermind, and I have to give them some credit because this is one of those times where if you were a producer in the Bleach sessions and sitting there and you're like, man, if I could just mold this band a little bit, or I could just do this or do that, this band could become something. And to their credit, they didn't get stuck in the mud and be like, no, we only have to play, you know, do this or do that or, you know, but they they reached out a little bit and this is what you got. I can't say that I love it all. Um, I think, unfortunately, some of it has been ruined by the radio <laughs> and and me just, you know, just being exposed to it just one too many times. But part of me does uh, wish that I were there. Um, to maybe experience what people rave about. I do think that an album that is as huge as this, I don't know the ultimate sales, Chris, maybe you know, but was it something like 30 million? It is sold 30 million worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, so not, not bad from a debut to this one. I was expecting <laughs> a little more. I'm just going to say that. For a 30 million album, I expect uh, top to bottom to blow me away, and it didn't. So I'm going to give this one a 6.5. And I will say, too, um, production, I don't like the style necessarily and the guitars. You know, it's just like not my favorite sound of production. 
but it is executed very well. It sounds good. It's a massive step up for Bleach. Uh, I will give it props there too. Sure. Alex, what are your opening thoughts on this record? Sure. So, I mean, I'm super familiar with this record. Um, I know everything here. I've loved everything here for a very long time. Uh, even a lot of the deep cuts, um, I'm, I'm actually more of a fan of just kind of like what Kevin alluded to is, yes, the radio did <clears throat> kind of ruin a lot of these songs just because, yes, maybe they were force fed down a lot of people's throats. Uh, like I've stated on other podcasts before, I was born in 93 and I didn't really get into this record until maybe the early to mid 2000s, maybe. So I wasn't here I wasn't there to see, you know, what this record did live to, you know, the global music industry. So I don't know how much I want to talk about that. I mean, I might be just kind of simple with today's episode. Um, I, I love this record. I think it's fantastic. It's not my favorite Nirvana record, even though it might be the strongest top to bottom. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think the production is great. I was actually even listening to, uh, I don't know how often you guys saw this, but there is a, a Butch Vig mix before it went to Andy Wallace. It's called the Devonshire mix. I've heard of which it. I didn't, I think, I didn't hear it, though. You can, you can hear yeah. it, though? Okay. Yeah, it's the, I think it's like the third or fourth disc on the Super Deluxe Edition. And it is cool to listen to that because it is a little bit more raw. It's not night and day different from the final version that most people have heard. Um, but I can kind of see where maybe Kurt was a little bit more of a fan on this. Um, I, I actually today, and I had seen it before, but I already watched the classic albums documentary on this. So uh, it was cool to like really see like what Bitch, Butch Vig did to this record. Um, and I got to say, I mean, these guys seem like such underdogs. Like, I, Dave at one point says, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kurt wanted to be the biggest band in the world and sell like 20 million records, but I just don't think he was ready for, for all the baggage, yeah, for all the baggage that. that was going to come for it. And he's like, I don't think anybody did. I had no idea what was going to come for this, come from this. And then you look at Butch Vig and like the records he recorded before this, I mean, outside of Smashing Pumpkins, Gish, uh, you know, he did like Killdozer and Urge Overkill, like some smaller, like alternative kind of punk bands. And then he just like blew up on this record. And it's just like these kind of no name guys that kind of came out of nowhere and like changed the face of music. It's pretty wild. So uh, it'll be fun to hear your guys' opinions. I know you guys aren't the biggest, like maybe punk rock fans in the world so I, I understand where when you listen to something like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and stuff like that it's a little bit more like up your alley with the musicianship well, Alice in Chains being such a, a metal and you know having such a metal influence sure. all the way oh and I love I, I, I love that band as well but um, there, there's I just the pop sensibilities and the songwriting on this is just so good and even some of the slower maybe simpler boring like acoustic songs there's just again, like ethereal in the way that they just evoke emotion and they just capture it on tape. Again, I think they're one of the best bands to ever do that and they do it even better here. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start off strong. Um, like I said, I love everything here. I wouldn't really get rid of anything to be brutally honest, but I don't want to say any album is perfect. So I'm just going to go nine out of 10. Strong wow. move there. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts to close it out here? 
Very nice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One thing before I get into that, yeah, Mark, yeah, there was one thing that you said that really kind of cracked me up. Uh, just digging into grunge bands where you st- where you singled out, uh, yeah, or, or included Stone Temple Pilots as a grunge band. Yeah, if you were to encounter a lot of hardcore Seattle fans, you'd probably end up finding yourself in that end scene, you know. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, they, they, Ninety-two yeah, released. They, 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 yeah, yeah, they are. Not, yeah, they are. I mean, I, and I like a lot of Stone Temple Pilots, but they were really lambasted by like the hardcore fans of that scene as being almost. Yeah, they might as well have been a poison. That's how like guys I mean, got yeah, a better voice. Their debuts. Yeah, the, yeah, the. I mean, they yeah, the debut sold ten million copies, but as far as people that were into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and these other, they did not. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. The, what Stone Temple Pilots was doing is pretty much like sacrilege, uh, which is interesting. I mean, I I think they're more considered kind of like the proto, like, I guess if you want to call it like post grunge. I mean, they were the kind of the yeah, as far as kind of going more into a pop, like going even farther than mm-hmm. what Nirvana did. But uh, but I, I was just when you said that, that just well, look, I told I you how I didn't know anything about the scene. About and I'm just clicking around on YouTube to try to get into it. So sue no, me. I, did, I don't no, care. I know it, no, no, it's no, it's fine. No, I'm, I'm just okay, giving you some thank knowledge. You, Chris. But, no, <laughs> but uh uh, anyway, yeah, into my uh, into my deep uh, opening statement. Well, not deep, but um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, a lot of the material on this record, I mean, was I mean, this this is material that I've. Uh, I mean, as far as going back, probably middle school. I mean, probably the early two thousands. I remember the connecting with these songs, so I probably have a little bit deeper connection to it. Um, yeah, I don't remember not hearing Nirvana. I mean, as far as yeah, just my musical. Uh, my musical journey in this. Um, yeah, I'll just read, I think, my opening statement just uh, kind of written out, I think kind of says it, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much what I said, yeah. An almost unnatural quantum leap from their debut uh, in uh, terms of quality muscular pop song craft uh, in, in relation to more of a rock style. Um, and that somewhat polished success that came from this, uh, or that made up this record, sadly kind of haunted Kurt. If you look back and you read into the history, uh yeah, because I think he did sadly feel that he was betraying his punk roots and not really kind of maybe taking a little bit more control over um, what the record labeled um, ultimately wanted the album to sound like. But I don't, that's one thing I've always struggled with. I, I think, like Alex said, I think there was a part of him that wanted that. Who I mean, because I think a lot of people know now he loved pop music. Uh, he loved the Beatles, which was a big no-no in the, pot, in the punk and hardcore scene. Uh, and that's one thing, and we've talked about this before, that drives me nuts as far as people that have to yeah kind of hide their musical sensibilities uh when they're especially entrenched in such a kind of fundamentalist scene like this was i hate to say that uh but because i always think i mean when you have as far as what kirk did here uh i mean this is the kind of pop music that i really enjoy the most yeah where yeah where you you take unexpected elements and you combine it with kind of mainstream pop and you create something that you weren't expecting. And that's pretty much why this album blew up. Yeah. I mean, they took, they took punk rock and they made it palatable for 30, 40 million people. I mean, nobody really kind of has done that. And where you had like the respect too. I mean, they didn't really lose the, cause you see when a lot of bands do something like this, yeah, you kind of, yeah, you lose the old fans, but you gain. Yeah, you might gain millions of newer kind of, uh, but you know, there's always a trade-off somewhere. Uh, and I think this is one of the few moments where they really didn't. I mean, yeah, there's some people that kind of complain about the polished production. I think it really suits the material here. Same. Uh, for, yeah, um, there, there are a few exceptions where 
Uh, and we'll get into when we get into the track by track where I thought maybe, maybe a more bleach production might have served like some of the little bit more harder sure. punk songs uh, better. But uh, but as far as kind of the, the the classics on this album, I think, yeah, the production just fills it up uh, from the drums to the you know, to the melodies. Everything just really uh, yeah, I mean, it was nice to see some a band like this. They kind of came from uh, from the streets, really. Uh, I mean, I think Metallica was probably the only other band who really kind of went for it and really kind of didn't. Uh, I don't think they, they. I mean, they didn't apologize for in the way that kind of Nirvana did, as far as how big they blew, this album blew up. Uh, but uh, 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 but I loved yeah that they took the chance. I mean that they. I mean I think we all can all agree. I mean that's what makes great art, and if you become successful doing that, yeah, combining yeah, where you came from with a more kind of worldwide thing. I mean that's a great. Uh, a great thing and like i said before i mean that's a lot of my my favorite pop music combines those elements yeah that kind of un the unexpected with the yeah with so the what worldwide does that shake out approach. to you as as far as the rating goes um yeah i'm not gonna go as far as alex but i'm gonna be pretty close i'm gonna go 8.5 out of 10 okay the uh 90s fans are out in full force today on the show um <laughs> i guess one thing i noticed i find this kind of funny what? Mark's got quite the Kurt look going on lately right now as well. Has anybody else noticed oh, that? With the, the long blonde hair. No, he got, <laughs> with the hair and a little bit of the scruffy beard. He's got the I, Kurt look going. It's, it's a good not look. not intentional. <laughs> I, I know it. it's not. I know it's not intentional. Here's something oh, that yeah, I, ahead, I thought yeah. was uh, kind of funny in reading. Uh, just, you know, uh, we're going to struggle with this the entire show, I think. How to evaluate it from a historical perspective with how to evaluate it from an in-the-moment perspective because I like to evaluate music as a perfectly preserved moment in time captured and forever fresh. And I wasn't there for this release. I mean, I've heard it described as like, you know, going to a college dorm and just being so nostalgic for hearing, um, even flow and smells like teen spirit, just, you know, pounding out through the walls. and just sounds like that just sounds like a great party. Like, honestly, if it were me, and it was a choice between two doors and one door was cranking Van Halen and the other door was cranking Evenflow. Like, I know which door I want to party. Like, which party am I going to? <laughs> but in 92, I could totally see how, like, you know, it's like these dorky hair metal dudes that are cranking Poison and Warrant. And then you've got Evenflow and Smells Like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are. And I can totally see how fresh that might feel yeah. and how... You know, that right, would bring right. back such rich nostalgia um, for that era if that was your time and that was when you were discovering this kind of stuff. So I get it. I'm just not there. Um, you know, it's just going to be a struggle all album. It's just tough when I see people say, this is one of the greatest albums of all time. I mean, can you, you, can you defend that without using the phrase, well, when I was in high school or when I was in college, can you still defend it as one of the greatest albums of all time? I guess we'll have to see. Let's go track by track. I think I, I think I think it ages, it ages very well, well. But greatest, and also, greatest. Uh, There's no filler on this. Well, well I guess it, none. Well, I think honestly, I told you that already. Shifting, yeah. I told you that already. Thirty million albums, and you listen to the tracks, and it's very much a '90s template. You get the hits up front. Mm -hmm. And you, you don't get a lot of variety. Oh, there's some hits on the back half. Oh, yeah, there are some hits on the back half, but like, are, are 12, uh, 12 of these songs, are they all 10 out of 10 songs? Like, are they all A plus far, songs? But, yeah. 
I wouldn't go that yeah, far. Yeah, but, but I don't uh, know. I'm, there, I'm sure there's a lot of records out there that had huge songs, but a lot of it's filler. I mean, there's there's so many like early Beatles records that are probably considered some of the best ever, and they just succeeded on the strength how, how of their can, singles. How can that be? How can you how can you consider something a, a best ever and say that it has filler? I can't I yeah. can't reconcile those things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's more of a, I guess, a journalistic media thing where they kind of blow up a, uh, because the record itself did something. Yeah, but when you actually break down the record, it's like, well, you ask somebody, like a casual listener, okay, do you know, this record sold 30 million copies, okay, can you can you name every song on the record? And a good chance you probably well, It's why I mean, I'll go back to yeah. that. Well, most of that, it's yeah. not the best album, yeah. it's the most perfectly timed album. That's just, that's what I'll right. do. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, they t- it's all about, yeah. I mean, they, what do they talk about in entertainment? It's all the timing, luck. I mean, are big elements. I know people it, don't like to say that. It's like, yeah, talent is important. Yeah. Like Chris on craft or whatever, or acting craft or whatever is important. But yeah, to really make it to that. Yeah. There's gotta be something, something has to be kind of floundering in order for something like and, what this album did. It, yeah. It, to it, really, it, yeah. It really was. And I know I was struggling to like, kind of figure out myself, like, why was it this band out of all the kind of big, grunge titans of the era why was it this band that like broke through you know it's, and you and know, it's it's really it's hard to say because like again like i wasn't there so i can kind of only come to this in retrospect and just kind of judge it just sort of like it's hard for me to separate like my youth from the record because i you know loved it back then and i still like it a lot now but right. i think they kind of said in that classic albums documentary it's because like it was very simple kind of yeah, catch, were, catchy songwriting almost, but it, almost almost like nursery well not nursery rhymes well, like nursery like rhymes songs, like yeah, children's that, children's yeah. music from a very simple i also think these guys were like underdogs i think when kurt kind of talked a lot about like his relationships and his like views on society and like you know the anti the mainstream and anti machoism yeah. and stuff like that i think a lot of people could back well, especially that with up the 80s in the songs his voice was great. He could capture so much emotion in his voice. And not only that, like these songs, there's some songs on there, like Territorial Pissings, for example, that it's just like three chords and it just rages. And like it's still a catchy song, but it's not all like bubblegum. Like there's some heavy stuff in here too. The production like gets energy out of people, the live shows. And I think, like you said, Mark, people were just kind of tired, which I love that stuff too, but tired of like the kind of. B-list diet hair metal that was starting to come in, and it it just—it's all of this just kind of like came in, and like I guess the generation was just waiting for something new and a new—they were waiting for it, and then it just happened, and we didn't expect it. When I referenced the other artists, I mean uh, Pearl Jam out before this, I believe this was kind of a slow starter, so I would guess that Even Flow was already taking hold well before this was. So, but but my point is that Pearl Jam still had interesting musical structures they still had guitar solos like it was still kind of connected Definitely. to the 80s alice and chains they were a hair metal band their first record is it sounds a lot like guns and roses yeah. you know they're they bring the musicianship and this is the one that just eschews all of that and it's a, this is Maybe the 90s because, yeah. this is the break point here whereas the other right. ones were still had like one little toe back in the 80s or that type of music so maybe that's why, that's why I, mean, this I don't one know stands out. You know what, Kevin? That's not bad. We're talking good stuff here. I know you want to get to the track by track, but we got three records here. I, it, this is good stuff. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, there was one point I wanted to add to what you were talking about as far as why they blow up. There why was one. This is more of a the track by track. 
Yeah, there, there, there was one funny kind of little bullet point I wanted to point out as far as I guess Nirvana was one of the few like Seattle or like grunge punk bands of that scene that actually had a large female fan base. Oh, yeah. Had, which is kind of funny because you saw that, I mean, in the, in the 80s scene, not that the guys, the guys in Nirvana would want that parallel, but... Yeah, when you start seeing girls showing up at the show, that's kind of like foreshadowing. <laughs> get, that you're get the gonna, third leg you're added to the moving. tour. <laughs> get the ballad just took. Yeah, you're going to be moving up legs the, on uh, radio, and it's true. I mean, again, again, we'll talk about it here. But yeah, the uh, yeah, there's that's got to be yeah, all Kurt, though, right? Pot, that, that's yeah. got to be all. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he probably it sure is at the yeah. I mean, there, there was some talk that he had that kind of that he. I mean, even though he was probably would play it down that he had the uh, yeah, the people kind of looked at him as this kind of. Like not like a pinup guy, or I remember I remember watching some special where they said that he was like, oh, that he was like, yeah. yeah. But he had this kind of very kind of charismatic, like kind of sure, yeah. It's pretty iconic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's get to yeah. the music then, uh, Kevin. He's been waiting. Why don't you take it away? <laughs> yes. Well, I apologize to those of you who wanted us to get to the music. You still won't be able to hear any because, uh, yeah, like Mark said about the copyright issues but anyway we're going to be starting smells like teen spirit the mega hit at one minute and 30 seconds much this still holds up for me i should be totally overexposed to it i don't like the genre i can't stand that kind of guitar playing but i can't deny that i can find myself bobbing my head when this is cranked in my car it, the way it builds the dynamics of it um and really just the you know it, it's it's like the entire industry was dying for a a, a raw visceral song like this without realizing it like it was just a bunch of programmed by the numbers you know songs about how great rock and roll is and then a ballad in the four spot and here you have something that opens up with just this raw you know it, i think the music video helps too like it, we're a music show but i mean having yeah. you know cheerleaders w with anarchy symbols and just you know the whole you know dark or you know the very michael bayish looking uh you know, steamy auditorium just going like it just it, it i could just see how captivating it is it still holds up it's got to be one of the most influential songs in music history right i mean like what like yeah. like yeah i mean it it laid yeah it laid down the foundation like I, i'm glad you've uh, referenced the uh yeah the music video because yeah that did the, that does really lay down the scene as far as you watch that mm -hmm. this is not this is not poison 
This is not yeah, a winger. Yeah, this is like this is very dark, very sweaty, very kind of grungy. Yeah, and not the same, not the not the not the LA sweat. Now this is like yeah, the uh, like the Northwest mm-hmm. sweat. Yeah, it's not cold yeah, it's and like, rainy, uh, like, and kinda, like it had to come from Seattle. It, 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 exactly, you can yeah. So it's uh, but uh, yeah, this is you know it's funny. This I don't know if they took uh, the, because I think the Black Album came out a month or a few weeks earlier. Because yeah, this. They really structured the album very similar, where they just pack everything up front as far as all the hits, and they open with the song that the band is most the arena rock uh, yeah. known for. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got Smell, yeah, you've got uh, Inner Sandman with Metallica, and you've got yeah the yeah. I mean, it's I mean, I think this is a little bit more kind of historically uh, important, but uh, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I don't know if sometimes it works. I mean, I, I can see maybe from a, as far as moving records, <laughs> I can see uh, you just want to grab the per, uh, the person's attention or the listener's attention right away. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's a little too too cold and calculated. I mean, as far as the song, do you think they could have moved it anywhere else on the on the on the, uh, the record? Do you think it needed to be where where it was? Do you think it needed to be the opening? Yeah, I think so. The way okay, it just yeah. starts off just guitar and okay. the way it just kicks okay. in like that is huge. Okay, because it's interesting. If this was like number four or five on like in the middle of the record, well, like how would it I mean, have? Lithium yeah. could have opened up. Yeah, I don't know. The record. Yeah. You could switch but, this yeah, to lithium maybe. The problem is though that, yeah, and again, comparing the similarities with, uh, the, uh, with Under Sandman, it's got, Going back to defending it, opening it, yeah, it's got that intro where it sounds like the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, yeah, like okay, the like okay, the door is opening up, and okay, what are we going? Yeah, it's what's, an entrance. What's on the other it side? Really is you can an hear entrance. It. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, got to give props to uh, Dave's drumming on here, just the oh, way that they God, mixed so that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it was funny. I was watching the uh, Rick Beato uh, kind of breaking down the song, and yeah, he spent a lot of time talking about how Dave really is the engine. <laughs> Yeah, on this, uh, and you can see, like in the beginning there, after the main riff, you all of a sudden you got the it's, and it sounds like I mean you can tell that's a quantum leap from the last from the last record. I mean, you know, where it's like okay, you can really feel it. Now it feels like it's okay, like there's a professionalism, yeah, to the uh, to the structure now. It's I, like okay, I think but, that's but, a but good it's, point. But it, but, yeah, but it but it but it doesn't take away. Like I said, it's not like with a lot of where a band goes way too pop and it kind of takes you out of the moment here. I think it adds to the like I well, said, right the out of the gate. That's they hit that perfect balance between the pop muscle, as you would yeah. say, and the punk cred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, right. And, and that's a hard. And that's a yeah. hard thing to do. I mean, that's real, especially in that genre. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you really gotta know what you're doing. I, but uh, but people like Kurt. I mean, I think it was in his blood. I mean, as far as pie, he, it wasn't like other bands who were strictly in their particular style and weren't willing to go. Yeah, I mean, it was because we saw with Metallica. They always. I know I'm gonna be drawing comparisons. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, that you could see that was, yeah, that pop rock was always in there. It's far it wasn't just like kind of slicing you in the face or whatever, or punching you. I mean, the punch to the gut was there, but it was always done with. I mean, there was always a real sure. body to it. Yeah, it kind of it made it, it made sense. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I, I like your point, Chris, about the professionalism. Um, I know that yeah. the last record was obviously recorded on a tight budget, but. Right. You know the band sounds tighter here. They sound mm-hmm. they sound like pros, and I, I you know maybe that's a combination of you know more time in the studio, a, a good producer, a, and the band put in in the work too. But the you know I, I I wouldn't say that like oh wow they're blowing away me away with their virtuosity, but at the same time like 
it's clean it's crisp uh dave does a great job on the drums you know it's just like you said it's driving forward but there's nothing to point to and say like oh man that that was a stinky performance like you kind of got more on the yeah. last album where you're like hey, you know what that that was that Remember song could have been better if you'd done a couple more takes <laughs> well right I, I was just i was just gonna mention that mark and they kind of talked about that in the uh the classic album stock too if you go back to bleach first song blue kind of I, I i wouldn't say it's anywhere near in the same league as this song like impact and popularity wise but uh one that is poppy melody a little bit heavier production then it gets into that guitar solo, and as we know, Kurt kind of had it going a little bit, maybe a quarter or halfway through, and then just kind of went off the deep end and started kind of making stuff mm-hmm. up, and some of us kind of <laughs> liked it and some of us hated it. We're here, his solo, you could say again, it's it's maybe lazy because he's literally just copying the uh, vocal That's melody, fine. but I think it yeah. I think it works. Like honestly, in this aspect, it's so iconic. And it just keeps the whole song catchy because mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm thinking too, like when it comes to Metallica, where like the Black Album, like one of their biggest songs ever, like Enter Sandman. Honestly, one of their simpler songs, if you yeah. kind of think about it, compared to like Injustice and and some of the like Master, like the thrashy stuff. Like I I feel like that album got huge because it was simpler. But then you get into well, the solo there is kind of bluesy too and good. But I don't know. I I almost feel like there's times where the song could be so simple and catchy, but then you get to the guitar solo and it's like, okay, yeah, that's cool. That's impressive. But I, I feel like it's, it's simple enough where it, it's, it keeps the whole song catchy. It's not where like the whole song is kind of catchy. And then it goes off into this kind of virtuoso solo where you could be like, no. yeah, that's cool. That's intelligent. But it's like, I don't know, it almost takes me out of the song a little bit where the solo is so simple enough where it just kind of keeps the trajectory of the song it's going. It's very well, going back to the solo. And I love... It's like the producer yeah, said, lo- we need a solo, it, it even, and Kirk's like, I can't play one, so the producer's like, just play this. Well, that's what, hap- that's what happened. I mean, Butch said he was like anti-solo where he's coming from a world that guitar solos were not <laughs> important in the music. It was That's what punk rock was. It wasn't about showing off because right. you knew like you were not... An Eddie Van Halen or, uh, or you know, Jimmy, or whatever, yeah, or whatever, I, yeah. I physically cannot do. I mean, if I worked hard enough at it, I could do it. But like that wasn't the point. My strength was simple songwriting and lyrics, and this is just a, a simple way to fill up this part of the song. And I'll get it to is. the I next mean, part where my strength it, is. And I will say one of my favorite parts of the solo is the way the feedback. It's always given me at the chills, end, yeah. The way the feedback after the solo like morphs and bends over right. into that last verse. I think that's a great production. Yeah, the, I mean, that, I mean, that, yeah, that solo, I mean, is probably one of the, the defining, like following the main melody solos. So it's not, yeah, it, it's Kiss there. And look it up. Yeah. I mean, that's what, what it's there. Yeah. Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. Well, maybe like, <laughs> well, that's yeah, the I mean, whole that's, thing yeah. about, I'm, I'm taking us straight back to the eighties, but, um, <laughs> that what Mutt said about the solos on Hysteria, how he wanted you to, he wanted the listener to be able to sing yeah. them and not just shred away. So, and that's you know, that's and you know what, Nirvana, yeah. Yeah. if you can't play a great solo, if Kurt, you can't play a great solo, it's good on you to just like, you know what, I'm going to do stick to my strengths and do something uh, right. that you feel solo. Do. So, yeah. You know. and, and, right. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know we're going to spend a little more time on this one, I think, uh, because it is smells like teen spirit, but could you think of a more iconic song? And I was trying to throw out some ideas um, in terms of just influential and representing the area era on both, um, jailhouse rock, 
I want to hold your hand. I can't get no satisfaction. Like a rolling stone, light my fire, whole lot of love, maybe shout at the devil. Yeah. Like this is rarefied air that they. As far as a riff that just kind of, yeah. And just using some simple. And if you word, think I mean, about all of those, those yeah, are like I, pretty simple songs. You know, I yeah. mean, shout at the devil. You, you know, just hear it. Yeah. Just a dun, 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 dun. I mean, you just know where you are. You know, it just got that, that, that era. It's, it's just fascinating to see when that clicks, how well that can click. Okay. No, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's funny. It's, uh, that's what fascinates me. And why I love talking about this just as far as like all these simple things that have been there for years. And it's just somebody was waiting just to take those. Like I, another example, I, I talked about it before as far as like uh, ain't talking about love, just that a mm-hmm. minor chord. It's like how simple is that? I mean, it was there waiting for that just to just somebody, to somebody up, to do that simple and do that. Yeah, it wasn't like it was some it advanced jazz chord or whatever. Makes, no, it was just this. Yeah, it almost makes you jealous, too. It's like, yeah. how the hell did this guy write one of the biggest songs of all time with primarily four freaking power chords? Yeah, like and, an F and, and not B. Only and that, yeah, it's like, not yeah. only that, he doesn't even really play them right. Like, if you ever look at the way, and this is nerd shit, but if you ever look at the yeah. way, like, Kurt would finger his power chords, it's normally a, what, a root, third, fifth. It's like three strings. Yeah. And he always, I think just the way he fretted his power chords, he always would use his index finger on the low string, and then he would just bar the next two strings with his pinky, and you would often get that other string behind the fifth in there. Oh, where you, where you get and that, you can yeah, that hear guy, yeah. it on the record where it's like, well, that's just, that's just Kurt. Mm-hmm. Like, that's his way of playing, and it's a little sloppy, and it's a little off, and maybe like atonal, and he's probably not purposely doing that but that's just the way he plays and it just makes it unique it's like the imperfections give it this charm you could write this riff a hundred times and never get it to be this effective i suppose like the chord progression is nothing special um and like 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 chris said i I love the comparison to ain't talking about love like it's just an a on the fretboard like it's just and he's just you know using all the the strings of the he saw he's yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He saw that. He saw something there, and you and, and look at. I never you hear that. I mean, that's yeah. And you can you don't you can just close you your can eyes. Only and it's just, it. it's yeah, so it. You can only copy it. It's so simple, but you can only copy it. You can't excel. You can't. You yeah. can't do it better. So, right, and that's what. And again, that's what separates great songwriters from okay songwriters. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, well, taking something. One thing I'll yeah. a- ask real quick. We we can move on to the next song, but because it is the first song, and we kind of commented on the production and the sound of the record. One question I do have, and this is kind of what I was alluding to with that Devonshire, like Butch Vig initial mix before it went to Andy Wallace. And Andy Wallace is kind of known for being like, a, I don't know if I would necessarily call him like a pop mixer, but like he is over, a, he is on like a lot of the biggest records ever. And I think he just puts like a shine to stuff. And you, we'll check it out also on In Utero too, where some of the biggest songs on In Utero are actually mixed by a separate mix engineer to just give it a little bit more of this kind of wide, like, poppy sheen to it. And even though Kurt says, like, he was a little bummed out, I think he said, like, he hates the production on this, or past tense, he hated the production on this record, but there was something about it that still, like, evoked a lot of emotion in Mm -hmm. him that he could appreciate. And I have to think, like... If the record didn't sound this polished, would it have been for... I mean, yes, the songs are outstanding, but like if this was raw or maybe just a little bit more produced than Bleach, but it still had these song qual- like the songwriting qualities to it, 
would it be this big? Like, I know Kurt maybe hated it, but I, that might play a huge factor in why it got as big I as it did. I think the question is more... Sure it, does it, did. Sound, I mean, yeah. it does sound really crisp and it great. Pro- it probably wouldn't have gone, yeah, the, again, to 30 million plus. Uh, it probably still would have done well. I think the melodies are simple and strong enough where maybe... Maybe they would have. Maybe it would have gotten as big as maybe the biggest. Uh, I don't know, like the biggest uh, Alice in Chains record or whatever, like a two, three million right. copies, which is still right. good for a band of that. I mean, for yeah, for uh, for a band that thought or for a label that thought they were only going to sell what fifty thousand copies of this. Yeah, it's kind I, of. I uh, think the question yeah, is more, yeah, you, you uh, know, and it's kind of funny or perhaps ironic, considering that the band had such anti-corporate sentiments, um, but mm-hmm. that it was the MTV Corporation that made this what this is that the record could have been oh, yeah, I mean, more raw, def- but without that music video, you know, it would have been a, a three, two, three million Who knows? I'm, record. Yeah. And I'm sure they probably wouldn't want to hear that. Cause again, that was so much of the eighties. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how you blew up an eighties band blew up because of the video. I mean, does a band like Nirvana want to admit, yeah, that, uh, that, that the video age helped kind of launch them into yeah. that level of uh, whether reluctantly or not, but yeah, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a good point because again, you think it smells like Teen Spirit. You just think of that opening, yeah, where you just got the panning, got the gun mm-hmm. tap in his foot, and then the gem, and then like, yeah, I mean, it is. It's at this point. I mean, it's it's one of the cornerstones of that network. Yeah, it's one of the, you have those. You know, you've got the moments like Billy Jean, yeah, in '82, sure. yeah, walking on the thriller, lighted lights, and then right, and then you've got yeah, probably yeah. I mean, that was one of the next big things. I mean, it was almost a decade later, but that was from one of those kind of shift because again, Thriller did shift the musical as far as yeah, what music was then, and in this in a similar mm-hmm. way that yeah, sure. Nirvana did. All right, uh, we yeah. can move on from that juggernaut. And oh, oh, oh hold on, I got yeah, I want to throw in one uh, yeah, just a breaking the ice question. Okay. It's, it's for you guys. It's probably going to be pretty simple, but uh, I figured I'd throw one out there. Um, I got a multiple choice here. Um, all right. The name Teen Spirit came from what kind of product? Uh, was it A, a toothpaste, B, a cigarette, uh, or C, deodorant? I think, I think that was Alex. Deodorant. He's going to walk yes, this Yes, you are correct. All right. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I did some research I, I, on this I did, one. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> That's okay, though. We're going to move on oh, to In Bloom, and we're starting this at 25 seconds. One thing that uh, uh, this song, you know, what kind of bothers me about it uh, and why I wouldn't put this at a perfect record level would be that you have a um, you have a song structure that is just being now this this technique, I suppose, of starting off with a very quiet verse and then just building up into a pre-chorus is starting to pick up. And then here come the guitars, you know, and, and it's just the kind of thing that, OK, we just did that and we're going to do that 
again and again and again and again, and that's going to be the entire 90s. Like, that's just going to be the entire... Yeah, like, the, yeah, the I, 90s. I, I, I got to give them credit for establishing <laughs> that. I'm just, I just don't like that style. Like, I'm tired of it already, and it's a second song. So, you know... You know, it's funny. This, yeah, this is a song I really kind of struggle with because man is it get in your head it was funny because i was saying i'm like do i really like do i really want to because i kind of because i knew this is probably the song aside from teen spirit that i probably know the most and is probably ingrained in my sure uh and i kind of skipped over it but it was funny like during like over the last week just like going over i mean even listening to that song much i was stuck in my head like relentlessly (laughs) it's one of those kind of and again uh i know butch talks about it in that classics album special where dave kind of developed a very kind of uh, a very almost sing-along drum style where it, you can remember it like that intro it's very vocal it's very um uh, yeah i wonder if any if they had anybody else on drums for this record again talking about as far as lead, leading to the success i mean you've got all these ingredients and you, and you always hope you find that perfect chemistry uh, and i think that i think dave really is an important yeah uh i, I don't think it would have worked as well without his little kind of uh, little cadences or whatever uh and again we've got the uh at 254 yeah kevin if you could uh if you could play that as far as that little like that little uh melodic solo that's a little bit sloppier i think it kind of it's more bleach here than it is uh never mind yeah yeah oh god this solo is incredible yeah It's, God, it's with so, the harmon- it, with those harm those high harmonies that come in, they really yeah. Th- oh. That's another great thing about this. Yeah, they they were, uh, as far as how Butch did uh, like double the vocals on here. They really adds to that. It's like which, the drums which, on here. Which I don't know which about Kurt that didn't want to do. Oh, that song's yeah, incredible. I, what are you talking so, about? It sounds like he's playing on another song. It's a cool tone. It sounds like it's in a different key. Are we gonna get into exactly. the, like the bleach argument again? What? Are we gonna do that? Are we, I can, oh, are we gonna, we're gonna fight. Yeah, uh, I, I can already see we've lost him, so I'm not gonna. That, no, no, I, no, no, no. I'm not gonna what that him. is is that it, that is what the blue solo should have been. Like you talked about, oh, I would have bought it yeah. if yeah. he would have just had some wankery yeah. where he was just messing about with a bunch right. of effects and not trying to do a wannabe '70s rock solo. There you go. It was executed perfectly. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's funny. That. Yeah, Mark, I don't know. Maybe it's it just agree, like, yeah. why, why pick the notes? Why go all in or don't go all in? He's really mad here. <laughs> I can see it's all right. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just to, sure. I'm tired of this crap now. Um, uh, but, if we're uh, going to blah, blah, blah about this album, we got to point something out. No, it's okay. Like I said, this is again, a show of our opinions. It's in our, uh, it's at our marquee. Yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, yeah, but Mark, yeah, um, the guitar tone, especially here, do you, th- you know what it kind of reminds me of, like that '90s Van Halen tone a little, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, just kind of slow down like a little off, bit. It's got balance. that break, kind of bite it. Yeah, it's a big yeah, lot, right, lot of yeah. chorus on that guitar. Yeah, a lot, just... yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I was kinda thinking, was like, man, that really. I mean, again, another thing Kurt probably would have hated a comparison to, but, uh, 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 but yeah, it's just got that. It's very, yeah, very bright and very kind of. Yeah, the chorus just almost. But it's yeah, it's funny. It actually, doesn't overload it. Maybe in certain moments, but it's they, it's used to a pretty good effect here, at least for this style. Um, whoever whoever opened with this um, comment on the nursery rhyme type feeling of this, that totally nailed it. I don't know who said that. If that was Chris or Alex, but uh, 
this is it right here. It just got that very swirly, yeah. sway, nursery rhyme-ish melody to the to the chorus mm-hmm. that uh yeah. I, I you know, maybe I don't like it, but it sure is unique. Yeah, I also love the uh again just with how poppy it is, you would never really dig into the uh yeah, that this is yeah, Kurt pretty much taking a swing at his new audience, uh, talking about where you've got yeah, the guy yeah. in the audience who doesn't he really doesn't understand what he's listening, but he's bobbing it, but he's, That's he's enjoying it. Yeah. That, I, yeah. I, 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 am vic- <laughs> I am I am victim. I am a poser on this song. I don't really care about what it is, but it's catchy as hell. The production is great. It's heavy. It sounds great. So Enough as, for me. as I worked. am uh testing my audio issues, uh, I have I'm kind of monitoring the feed. I opened up the the Twitch stream here. And uh, maybe we cut this out from the Skype audio, but we got our first wild uh, chat here. Somebody, Hesco182, this is sick. <laughs> That's a good thing or a bad we thing? We got one. Besides our dad heckling us, um, who was on, but I think he quit. So I don't know. Uh, I'll just close out here. <laughs> we can't even keep our own parents on the show. Um, I, he's not a, a Nirvana fan, I don't think so. Um, but I think we try to make this entertaining. So I guess we should keep ripping through these. Uh, Kevin, you want to take it away? Sure, we're going to move on to Come As You Are. We're going to start this one at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. drum fill is like tommy lee dr feel good (laughs) epic where it's it's so it's so simple but it just like oh it's like one of those drum fills like anybody could do and it just it's (laughs) so simple and even (laughs) no really well yeah it makes sense okay so one thing that you couldn't do it touches a lot of people but i love that even dave said he's like i didn't try to throw a bunch of drum fills on this record i try to make it as simple as possible I tried to serve the song, and he's a freaking great drummer. Like he could have thrown a lot of fills on here, and that one is just mm-hmm. so simple. But it's like it's in the that was the best thing well, he could and, have played. And one thing I'll point out, while it's still fresh in our minds from that that music clip Kevin played, is that the way Kurt uh, in, like cracks his voice during that memory line, it, it's yeah. it's perfect. You know, I, I I have to give him a lot of credit for that. I, I don't think he's a great singer, but the way he was able to emote authentically with his voice, you know, to emote pain or suffering or whatever like I, I think he does a great job of it you know i know mark oh. didn't like the uh guitar tone uh <laughs> but i kind of like that chorusy no, no, clean I, tone I, myself. it's dark too yeah. i said There's, i didn't say i did it annoys me but oh okay yeah it annoys me yeah. because yeah. It's 90s, yeah. but it still is like i can hear that in 92 putting a clean chorusy guitar layer a little bit wider in the stereo spectrum over your heavier guitar that's yep. that's cool stuff well, yeah, the, I, I, the, the riff was derived from a song that was not 90s. I don't know if that's yeah, a I know. I was question. That, that, 
No, that was actually, I think I was, I actually have the links up. There were two. Uh, do you want to get into it, Alex? Do you want to do you wanna I mean, talk I, about it? I personally love this song, and I know, actually, I believe this would be... I have this the link a, if you want this me... Would, no, go ahead. This would be a good thing to play, because I believe Mark and Kevin are actually a fan of the band you're about to play, but for a different reason other yeah. than this song. Yeah, do you have it, Alex? Uh, yeah. All right, let's there see. There we go. Yeah. I actually like that. It's kind of an interesting take on the... Uh... Actually, that's not the song I thought... That's not actually no, the song no, no, I thought you were going to play. No, okay. I, have, I, have the, I have the other one. Uh, yeah, from the goes, How many songs did they rip off with one, one riff? No, you got no, to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, Do you want me to cue uh, this uh, one uh, up as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sad our audience can't hear this, but yeah. If, that was yeah, killing just, joke. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, later, yeah. The damned life goes on, but yeah, this will. Yeah. Well, I mean, life goes kinda... on is such a good song. I mean, that, this was recorded on on the bass, this opening riff. But yeah, for the people that can't hear this live on the stream, just listen to the beginning of "Life Goes On" by the Damned, and you'll hear the, uh, the similarities. play at all but i mean no, it, like, it is yeah. interesting because like the foo fighters have covered killing joke before so and like dave has gone on to say like he's a huge fan of the band and like one of the most underrated like 80s kind of punk rock bands and they've they all have had to have been damned fans too so it's like yeah uh, i mean it's like it's not like you just did this whimsically it's like you ha would have had to hear this similarity and here, here we go with the third song in a row where we've had the quiet verse that builds and then we've got at least at least i'll give this song a little bit more credit that the chorus yeah. is not it's kind of got a, a softer type of heaviness to it and i do like yeah, how it's not just it's not like smells yeah, like teen spirit yeah i don't have a gun line that repeats a little bit right I, I do like that uh that fits kind of the nirvana aesthetic a bit where it's like i'm not coming for you i'm just you know trying to make my message heard right yeah, yeah and i like the uh and i just for my research as far as uh what people are pointing out as far as the lyrics are very contradictory where you've got where he's talking about you're coming as you were as a friend uh as a known enemy mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of he, he does that uh, a here's lot. Here's the thing: the is song. that would you would you be cool yeah, if Guns and yeah. Roses fans showed up at your show? Would you let them come as they are, full of GNRTs? And uh, well, I don't know. You, usually that never holds <laughs> up. Those point, people who are always talking about <laughs> yeah, that I kind of stuff exactly really don't want you to come as you are. Though. Yeah, maybe maybe served yeah. in bleach. I don't know. Maybe that would have soaked in bleach. Yeah, but I will yeah, say I want you to be. <laughs> I will say that this much though. I, I read also that Kirk said like I don't know where all these people are ascribing these deep meanings to my songs. Oh that no, I know that. And, yeah, and, he, you know, and he's even said too. Music comes first, lyrics come second. <laughs> so right? yeah. I will say it makes sense. Like know. how about that? There, there. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you, you could take that as you wish, like if that's your if that's your uh, thought process on it. But like, part of me does if that really is truly what he thought. Part of me does understand where he's like, yeah, I didn't expect this to like blow up. Like I was just trying to, to connect, write like so catchy, deeply, yeah. good sounding records with the 
with the abilities that I had and like people, the record label was marketing this and like picking out these deeper meetings and putting this image that's not authentic to me. But the lyrics and it worked, but it's not genuine. I mean, the the thing about the, the three tracks that we've gone through so far, I mean, I don't know how to describe the lyrics other than that they were extremely different from what you would have heard going on at the time. Like, and that's like without, with, if you just well, put yeah. some generic butt rock lyrics over these three tracks, there they, they would absolutely be nothing here. I mean, even the title right. smells and like teen spirit. That's a killer title. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And you could also say, I mean, Kurt's voice too. I mean, really kind of, yeah. Cause again, it was very melodic, but it didn't sound like anything, yeah, it could do a lot of a lot of different things. I mean, it could it could be very kind of coffee house ballady, or it could be just punk rock spitting on your on the guy in the front row. Kind of, it was very yeah, very interesting. Yeah, um, Alex, I don't remember if you remember yeah from that the classic albums uh, special where with David Frick from Rolling Stone talking about as far as Kurt's Kurt's lyrical writing style, where he said in, in reality, I mean, there, he didn't write in a linear way. Yeah, there was no really. He wasn't trying to be thematic or anything. It was all. Sometimes it was just like these words kind of sound which, cool together. Which which makes yeah. sense why songs like School maybe only <laughs> have three lines. <laughs> but no, that was funny. that was a, that was a revelation because it made because it kind of it makes sense now. Because again, I didn't know that when we were going over that, yeah. and I kind of like okay, I can see why we really have to read into it. But then, and, and maybe that's something I, I can imagine being a Nirvana fan having like a hard time reconciling that. It's like you mean there's not any. It's like no, I was just. I was just screwing around with words. I don't know. It's like this one sounded funny. Well, that kind of goes yeah, back to that like, okay. this was delivering yeah. something that people didn't even know that they were missing. And, and right. that it, it just captured something that, uh, you know, nobody was asking for it. But then moment, once they yeah. heard it, they had yeah. to have it and they had to have more. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's move on to track four. Um, this one is called Breed. And we are starting this one at two minutes and four seconds. I know. Yeah, it's got that. Yeah, it's funny. This. Oh, go ahead. ahead, I was just gonna say. I I kind of alluded to this on Bleach, where if you listen to the beginning of School, the way that guitar kind of like feeds back before he goes into the note, um, Mm -hmm. kind of foreshadows what they would do later. Well, it comes up on this song. Like if you listen to the very beginning of this song, it's the same kind of idea. It's like plugging in the guitar, and then it gets a little. He's kind of just shaking the guitar to get a little bit of feedback and a little bit of noise going, and then he goes right into it. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a great song. I don't know how Kevin and Mark feel about this, where it, in a way, is almost like the school of Nevermind, but I, I think it's done much better. Um, yeah. yeah I, I just think I... It's, it's more, I mean, again, it's a simple riff. It's two notes, F sharp to A on that beginning. But uh, yeah, I think the chorus is great. And again, Dave's drumming, I mean, it is so simple. And it, like, 
I, I never really understood why like some drummers would say like Ringo Starr was like a very underrated drummer because from like a technicality aspect, he's like, he's nothing really that flashy. He's not a Neil Peart or uh, that wasn't even a John, point, but, though, yeah. but it wasn't, it was really just like, like strategically placing catchy fills in like the right place that like just serve the song. And I think he does it here too. I mean, he's got some speed, he's got power, but a lot of those like Tom fills and stuff are just so right. good. It, it's, like, it's fun. No, I get it. Yeah. That's uh, and that's, and that's what brings people in. It's those, yeah. I mean, if you want a technical drummer, you go. I, to be honest, I think drummers have it a little bit easier than maybe than guitar players. I mean, I think a lot of people enjoy technical drummers more than like watching a guy noodle on a guitar oh, yeah. for twenty Def- minutes. Or I, I I do, and I'm a guitar <laughs> yeah. player. I don't even watch yeah, guitar uh, players anymore. Right, I, I watch but, drum cam yeah, videos. Yeah, but here even more so when you actually serve the song, I think it even it helps even more. It brings again, that's one of those elements. Yeah, um, yeah, and again, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about a songwriting band. Yeah. You, you, uh, and again, re- reinforced by Butch's production. Again, you bring these very simple fills and you just load it up with all this muscle. It it just adds to the, an already kind of blistering set. Uh, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah, this is probably the most uh, kind of as far as the first, or the, I guess you could say because there's more on here, um, as far as bleach type tracks on here uh, where the production actually does work, where right? I'm glad they didn't uh, kind of streamline it back a little bit or, or pull Love it back more into tone. the... Into, into oh, more, I was like gonna a, say that this is the era. This is yeah. like before everybody. I feel. I mean, I know it was done before this, but you know, and then slapping a distortion pedal on the bass just became a thing, mm-hmm. you know. But that I feel like this is before like everybody decided that bass had to be distorted. So yeah. that, I, I right. kind of yeah, like it, that. Yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's, got, it's, it's got some. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's got it. So yeah, there's something there that kind of here's what into this that. song um, is missing. Uh, and as usual, it's on the creativity and the, I guess, the structure side of it. I mean, you, you have this groove and it's repetitive and it kind of just cycles throughout the whole song. It is a short song, so it's not really a problem. But after that solo, yeah. which I like the solo, it's a great little nonsense solo. I appreciate it. it fits a song well. It is um, yeah. There is a great opportunity in between that solo and the just, just rolling right into the final chorus to have a really good breakdown. Especially with like that bass, just let that bass thumbunda ba dum just like just to let that bass yeah. thump around for a bit, and then just ramp back into the chorus. It just kind of have just because it's just kind of it just in a very ninety style just runs right into the the final chorus. It it makes the song as a whole lose momentum. I think when you think back at it, you just don't have that dynamicism as oh, much I would, as i dis I got sick of the quiet chorus to the heavy verse like this would have been at least something creative they could have done musically or at least song structure wise doesn't have to be virtuoso breakdown i'm not looking for a you know just like a little you know roto tom you know nonsense in the middle or something but just an opportunity to strip the song down instrumentation wise and then bring it right back up ramp it up for that final chorus and i think what they did was uh floyd the barber the end of floyd remember how that song ended where it was like almost like a round where it had the guitar and then it had the bass yeah, one and then and ended with the then, drums, yep. like something like that. Just that, that simple. Like you had an opportunity there. And yes, you know, I am going to pick apart a 30 million selling record album and say how it could be better. No, that's it's just what I'm, what no, I, hear. I, I, I appreciate that. And, and I honestly, I am excited for you guys to cover this man. Cause I know what you guys like, and you definitely come from more of like, the technical prog, like intellectual songwriting. And I love that. But I'm not too. looking so for that. Why it's like, I know. And it, that's why it's cool to like hear that, 
that sort of fans take on such a simple band. And I get like, there's frustrations in there. And that's why it's like, I get why you guys would like a Smashing Pumpkins or an Alice in Chains, because even though it has some of that, like those nineties tropes that maybe Mark hates, at least like the musicianship is there where you can get behind this. It's almost like this, this is like almost like anti your guys's favorite bands like a yes or a rush it's like this is the anti of that Those band endings. so I, I get it i hate that ending cool. i grew up with but cool. and puddle of mud that ended every song with a distorted <laughs> guitar hit that fades out i hate sure. that i just sure. do it, 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 and it's cool <laughs> it's cool for you to offer some like critiques on that but i will say <laughs> my critique could be better I, than i, I hate I, it but at least i tried with no, the no, 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 no. No, no, I like that, but I, did you say that the song loses momentum the way it is right now? Because it, it's it's all, it, it doesn't have that breakdown that they could have. With such a killer bass tone, I think there's opportunity to strip it back post-solo yeah, and ramp it back I, I up. Will, I, I could see them doing that, and I could see that working, but I think Kurt would have to totally change the solo completely because the way that solo builds it goes higher up the neck and builds an intensity and if that solo just ended where it ends but then abruptly went to like a slow no no it doesn't have to he would would have to play no no i'm just kidding the drums keep driving the bass keeps it's i hate to say it but it's like a dance break Mm -hmm. in the middle of this song i just think that solo calls for that to just blow up again but mm-hmm. I, I like the idea. I'm just saying, if that was to be the if that were to be the case, Kurt should do a little something different with the solo to not build it you up. Are never so gonna f- it makes more. And sense we'll get to the next song to because that. that is uh, for as little as I want to spend in my life watching live performances of Nirvana on YouTube. Uh, Lithium <laughs> has an incredible live performance, but Breed. Um, maybe they did that live. Maybe that's a great way to arrange a song live is this, here's where you have your, just your mosh pit, get the fans going for a little extended breakdown. Kind of like a don't I, stop me I, now. Maybe right. that's where I'm going for a queen and don't stop me now. Or don't stop me. Don't stop me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And you just have that boop, 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 in the background. I'm like, remember that stuff? That was good. <laughs> and this is not. Yeah, I, I, I will say I lo- I will say, as nonsensical as it is in the chorus, I love just the cadence and just where they're like in the pocket. I mean, even with the nonsensical lyrics where you got, if you have, even if you need, I don't mean to stare, we don't have to yet. I don't know, it's just got this, yeah, I don't know. Again, it's like you could throw any word in there and it would be just because of the structure. And then it goes into the she said, which has, again, that really nice... Uh, that's the one thing on, uh, especially on this record, where they, the production on the vocals on these very simple spots where you can just feel it, where she said, she said, you can, well, yeah, again, you can feel, yeah, and it's yeah, you one, can feel that, it's, yeah, this that is, Kurt's vote, yeah. This is one of those bands where I, I almost get it, like, in a way makes you jealous. It's like, these guys, I mean, they can, like, once Dave, I mean, they could write songs, and, like, they could, yeah. they weren't the worst musicians in the world, but it's like, a band this simple getting this big, like, I get it. I get why you guys get mad and, like, jealous about it, because it's like, well, why do these freaking virtuosos work so hard and they don't make it, but these grungy guys that play power chords are the biggest band in the world. Like, what the hell? I understand why virtuosos don't don't make it. Well, it's because they're too high. Because you know why? Because they're not cool. 
Well, and, and I hate to say it's like image-based, cool. but a lot of virtue well, roles are not cool. It, and we also get to that point where, like Mark said, the timing was right, but it does fly into the face that hard hard work, you know, pays off because oh, it clearly doesn't. Sure, but also <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like it's so like like I, I don't know if Mark or Chris said it, but it's like it hit at a time where people didn't even realize like they wanted yeah, this or yeah, they needed it. Mark, it. Yeah. And it's almost like a lot of these songs are songs. It's like you feel like you've heard them before, and it's like I could have written that song. Because a lot of it's seventies and, and pixies and it's Devo so and- it, it, it's like so simple and catchy. And it's like man, like that sounds like a pop melody that should have came like twenty, thirty years prior to this, but it didn't. And then it came out in the nineties, and it's like man, Kurt just like found this little nugget. It's almost like he went to like a different planet or something and just found like this formula that was going to work and like brought it back. And everybody was like, huh, how come I didn't think of that? Because well, like, they were too busy prancing works, around on stage trying to be, you know, every color of cowboy boot. And uh, th- that would have never happened. This would have never happened had the 80s not get gotten so excessive and out of hand. Um and I think it really is music because I don't really see this reflecting, you know, somebody might tell me I'm wrong, but the culture of the 90s. Um, outside of music, does it didn't really seem to call for this kind of music, did it? Like really, like I, I'm I'm asking a question because I wasn't around, but you know you can see you know, how '60s ru- music is so rooted, like you know, in protest music and all that. I mean, is obviously huge because of what was going on culturally with civil rights movement and Vietnam War and everything. And I, I don't know that this this seems kind of disconnected in some ways to what was going on in the '90s. Well, I don't know. Like I said. It- Oh, you mean as far as what was going yeah, on? Yeah, it's just at the got moment? Kurt being like, angry just because Guns N' Roses is so popular, like not because of any kind of socio-political angst that well, would I mean, give it more again, authenticity were, or. And again, power. I mean, they're 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 also they're also coming from a specific part of the country. I mean, we were talking about this off the air. I mean, I think between the, uh, the last show and this one. I mean, as far as yeah, you're yeah, these are these bands are coming out of a very kind of kind of lower socioeconomical area where it's not all just partying all the time. And not that the LA bands weren't struggling, but it wasn't the same thing. They were coming into it with a more positive. Yeah. There was a lot less, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess emotionally, emotional darkness, uh, associated well, with a particular. True too. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I'd have to like go back and, and look a lot of this stuff up, but I mean, how many big bands come out of LA and how many big bands like came out of like Seattle and the Pacific Northwest before Nirvana? Like, if anything, this band and like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains kind of put that state like on the map. And like, okay, maybe like I think maybe oh, the Wipers for, forgetting poor Queensryche. Oh, are they from <laughs> yeah. there? They are Seattle yeah. band. Oh, are they? I, I, honestly, I didn't oh, know yeah. that. That's cool. I, they unfairly get lumped in with the hair metal uh, genre, so. I sadly. I always, but I, I yeah, guess I, my, I, my, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's just like it was. That's why I get back to like the underdog thing. Like, okay, yeah, you could say Queens, right? Queens, like, cool. But it's like, yeah, you, you get you get a hard rock band coming out of like L.A. in the '80s, like Guns and Roses, and th- that's another band we could we could talk about them another time and, and we sometimes might, that's maybe actually. another and that's an that's another band that maybe kind of baffles me like why they got big like i understand they were definitely more technically minded but it's like again maybe right place right time and also like 
You do have it a little bit easier starting in L.A. on the strip than you do in Aberdeen, Washington. So it's, well, well, there's less yeah. competition. There's you're you're a bigger fish in a smaller pond. You don't have to compete with. You know, we've all seen decline of Western civilization, and you know you have 100 bands, 1,000 bands that are all trying to do the same thing, follow the same formula. And here you had a smaller scene. You could be a bigger fish, and once you broke out, then you were the big fish. You know, it, it gave you. It's kind of like running. For a politician, for a president as like a third party and thinking that's going to be your big way out because you could just rise right to the top. Um, it just kind of makes me think of that way. But L.A., I mean, they still put, I mean, the doors, I mean, you know, the birds. I mean, sure. they, they were still a, a, yeah. a powerhouse even outside the Beach Boys. They were a big powerhouse even regardless of the L.A. scene or like the, the Van Halen Sunset Strip scene. Well... It is time to move on to track five out of 11 or 12. We might, might be, be doing this heavy. until tomorrow. Yeah, it's true. But uh, um, I uh, I actually have something to say about this one, so I'm going to get in now. But we are going to start uh, Lithium at three minutes. I, I've actually saved a little rant for this song, and it's not directed at uh, Nirvana, believe it or not. But let me take you back to the year 2010 and all these self-righteous rock fans. You know, if you spent any amount of time on YouTube in, back in 2010, but you would see people taking pot shots at um, Justin Bieber's song, Baby, baby for the chorus baby, being, baby, 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 baby. baby, baby. <laughs> Baby, 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 baby. Oh, oh, baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, I hate to say it, but one of the titans of your genre just wrote, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's a lot of room to comment. Kurt Cobain is and Justin there. Bieber, never the combination that you want to see. And I and yeah, I you know, know what? Uh, it's th- this kind of just like is this where that yeah moment of the '90s started? Because I I I no, hate it. You gotta, I hate you it so much right now. Kirk, uh, no, uh, James Hatfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but <laughs> all, a lot of that stuff. A lot of that yeah. stuff is in the '90s, yeah. though. I mean, it's just something about the word yeah in the '90s. I associate together. <laughs> And this is not helping the case. Yeah, where your chorus is. I'll say one quick thing about this song. (laughs) Like, uh, come on, that um, this song plods on the record, but it absolutely kills in that 1992 MTV performance. Go watch Mm -hmm. it. It's 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 one of the. It's a great live show. I think it's got a. Yeah, I know that's funny. Yeah, Uh, I don't. I think it's got a lot of personality. I mean, I don't. The yeah, the yeah part just feels like more of a live kind of thing, where it feels like something you do in the. Oh, that's what Chris said. He's like. I don't know if it was so much this 
I don't know if he was sarcastically making it this simple because if I think if you look into more of the uh I mean obviously the verse verses have a little bit more depth and I think I don't know if it was sarcastic where he was making it this simple um and I think people have I've read comments about this because, you know, lithium is a drug that helps with manic depression and, and bipolar right. and Kurt had bipolar and he's like, okay, well, let me make the verses a little bit more intellectual. Not, I mean, that's not the most intellectual thing. This is more not, this is not Jeff yeah. Tull we're talking here, but it's more, it's more intellectual than yeah. So it's the counterbalance of making the verses yeah, it's, it's, more thought provoking and then just really dumbing down the course I'm to sorry, play but into it's just, that. It's hard it's, it's, to take anything from a guy who says the lyrics like he doesn't know what he's writing about and they don't much depth. It's hard. How do you you pick out what's the moment? Oh, yeah, this is when he actually meant something and this is when he didn't mean something. I feel that. And 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 I I, I feel like... uh, And there were moments... I I would be buying it more if he never said that. Like, unfortunately, it came out of his mouth, and then you're like, well, that, okay, yeah. so how, how, do, how, do I, how do I know what to... Well, I did, and that's because the, Alex, I did, Alex, that would be like a, an absolutely brilliant 10 out of 10 statement, like, if I'd never read that he was just like, yeah, no, the lyrics, you know, that, sometimes they don't mean that much. But right, it wasn't all the and, time, I mean, there were, there were some moments where he said where he actually did sit down and kind of, and did kind of, kind of kind of woodshed the the idea well, here, I mean it wasn't all the time yeah here let let me read this let me read this because okay. this may also just in a way kind of it, it, like how he's how he's gone to say in interviews or like people have said like you know the media and people like maybe took read into stuff too much and built up this image of him that wasn't genuine to how he was and he just had to like handle it and obviously he couldn't handle it as we as we find out later but let yeah. me just read this little annotation here from genius.com about this this chorus it says here the chorus also contrasts the verses as to illustrate the contrast between mania and depression in the bipolar mind so you would think to myself like oh that's kind of like a creative way of doing it but right yeah. below that it it contradicts itself and says beyond that, there's not really anything to read into this chorus. Some of Kurt's lines he just wrote because they sounded good, as he said repeatedly in interviews. So I get what you're saying, Kev, because like, how do you know what he meant? Because it sounds to right. me like there are times where he meant for it to be that way. And there are times where the media made it sound more thought provoking and deep than it was. And you could tell that that obviously affected him. So, right. It's it's almost yes, like it's this big like I know it's like you keep going back and forth. It's this weird thing surrounding this band, and I get it. It's almost like it was just this band was meant to be. It's like outside. It's more than the music with this band. Like this band was just like planted by aliens to show up at this time, and everybody just it was the timing and, yeah, and like it was the very, yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's like, but does that make them good? Or does that just make them in the right time at the right place? I I mean, you could... That's so subjective because it depends on what music you... A lot of the bands we love were at the right place at the right time. I mean, uh, Van Halen, I mean, when they came out, that was right at the height of disco where people were getting tired tired of that. Okay, true, but they also had... I think it depends on when you find this band, too, because, like, I get it. Like, maybe you got... Like, some of you guys didn't grow up with this band and are into, like, more highbrow stuff, so I get, like, coming to this now, and it's just like, 
what's so impressive about this? It's just simple power chord stuff. But like, to me, I, I, it found me at a right time and I can still listen to these songs and like appreciate it. So it, it's subjective. Well, and I, I completely admit that this, this <laughs> week was the first time I listened to this album. So, I mean, sure. Yeah. It's like, is it going to hit me at 29 years old? Probably and not. Like sitting in my cube and be like getting all rebellious or whatever. Yeah. No. You know, well, it's, and, it's, and it's, I think yeah, you're not to realize that. So yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, you're you're not a disenfranchised. That's what makes uh, this interesting. Year old from, no, uh, no, I'm yeah, part of the Pacific system and collecting my paycheck. You Thank sold you very much. I'm making, not making excuses. <laughs> I love that. All I'm our, proud of it. That's I, why I'm sitting I, in this comfy house yeah, right with a nice microphone and a nice guitars on the. I love, <laughs> I love that our four Twitch followers are just watching me blow my nose intensely <laughs> on the stream right now. Anyway, I. I think it might be time to move on to Polly. Um, I've been waiting to get to this oh, one too. Oh, you beat actually. me to it. Yeah, I know. What are the, oh, actually, what are the there odds? Was actually, actually, <laughs> you know, when I, I, Kevin I and Mark are leading the discussion on, on the Rana track, oh, which way are we going? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, give me one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Alex will get this. Who knows? Maybe I'm just giving, oh, you got, just you got a question? Point. Oh, you have a question? I, 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 I wonder question, if it has yeah. to do with the shirt I'm wearing. Nobody, no, 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 nobody picked this out. Not that anybody should pick this out because this is oh. this is real nerd shit. But I'm rocking my uh, UW Madison shirt because the demos of this record were recorded in Madison. So there you go. Oh, no, that's for, right. For, for, right. For, for absolutely nobody that would pick up on that. That's why I did it. <laughs> you have okay. to be live or watching the Twitch stream and know that fact. So that's a total of zero. Yeah, be in negative percentile. That, I guess negative percentile. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead, Chris. Okay. Um, all right. True or false? Um, in the uh, Come As You Are biography, um, Kurt uh, partially admitted the main influence for the song uh, Lithium uh, uh, had to do with uh, when he spent uh, some time living with one of his cousins uh, and his cousin's religious parents. Oh, uh, let me punch him, please. <laughs> uh, Alex, no, Alex got it. Well, that's absolutely false, but what were you going to say, Mark? Oh, I was going to say true because it sounded like Kurt, so whatever. Yeah. No, it's it's partially true, but it was a friend, not a cousin. Yeah, but that supposedly did really. Oh, so happen. we were both wrong um, in a way. I thought it was ooh, about yeah. the singer of that of Ted with his diarrhea. It's part again. This is Kurt messing around with as far as what they. But apparently, this Nobody was knows. like twenty five years ago. Nobody knows. Yeah. Hey, Chris, lay out the fact. And what is and the fact? And I said, 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 and I yeah. Right. What's the fact? And that's Chris? what it, like I said I and I used the word partially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh that was kind of the key word again. There could be many different yeah, kind of influences on this song. More maybe most of them nonsensical, who knows. Maybe maybe Kevin's right. Maybe this whole thing is just yeah, just a bunch of This is this is like <laughs> this is like reading Eddie Van Halen in you interviews about his tone. He says something different every interview. Um, <laughs> Don't think <laughs> we're going to anyway, move right. Yeah, we're going to move on to Polly, and we're going to start this one right from the top. Polly wants a cracker. Think I should get off her first. Think she wants some water to put out the blowtorch. Isn't me having seed? Let me clear. 
dirty wings Let me take a ride Cut yourself Want some help Please myself Got some rope Haven't told Promise you Haven't true Let me take a ride Cut yourself Want some help Please myself No idea where Mark is going with this, but I'm interested to hear his thoughts next. Chris, Chris, stop, 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 stop. Oh, Oh, did you? Oh, you got Wait, you already. Then I'm next. I am in. I am in. (laughs) But I will say. Three minutes before. Wow, I didn't see that. You guys guys really were on the buzz. I didn't even see it. Man. Um, But I, I, I will say I like this song because I drew an interesting comparison. I don't know um, how many Alice Cooper fans we have out there, but for whatever reason, this reminded me of two of his songs that are kind of like almost transition songs. There's Gale off Raise Your Fist and Yell and a Mary Ann from Billion Dollar Babies. And they're just two kind different of eras. these like, yes, two different eras from the 70s and from the 80s. And they're kind of like these quiet songs after you've had a, like a, a rush of huge songs um, like fast, you know, in your face songs, and you just kind of like get slightly unnerved by them. And that was this song today for me when I was listening to it. You know, all the songs so far have been relatively the same style. And then sure. you get this and you like it. And then you hear some of the things going on. And I have no idea what he's saying because nobody knows, apparently. But you're like, uh, that's that's kind of disturbing. And uh, so I kind of like this from There's a from lot. That okay. There's a lot, of, there's a lot about this There's song. a lot of meaning to this, this song, though. I, I can understand yeah, this, maybe this, some of the other ones, but this one has a good no. story. Okay, so this one, uh, okay, the topic is interesting. And I guess if you wanted to hear Silence of the no. Lambs as a musical ditty, this is for you. <laughs> that is true. Um, that is true. The perspective <laughs> it's told from is interesting. The music is just like it, it. It's college dorm level. Like it really. It just reminds sure. me of just some idiot. Some it just bring his, his acoustic guitar to, uh, guitar to every single par- party, and just like strums away. And he's got this interesting little ditty that's probably a little too creepy. That like you just wait, don't really want to know him yeah. any True. further. You're just like, but there dude, are dude, so dude. many Hang failed. On. There are so many failed attempts of that, and I think this one is just good enough where it, yeah, it's it catchy yeah. and no parts go and that's what i've realized with this band i mean i know maybe you could have mentioned that with bleach where some of those songs were like he keeps saying no recess for like three minutes and he keeps saying daddy's a little girl and a girl no more for like like the whole rest of the song like when is this gonna end but i don't know on this record i feel like it's structured so well where every part is just the perfect length where it never gets like annoying and eventually where he maybe keeps repeating the same line and you're like is he going to keep doing this for another couple verses no oh all right let's switch back to the chorus let's switch back to the verse don't know that it would it's call like, us annoying though it's no i know but well, well, what you what were you going to say mark well, you're going to finish I, up you know my my big gripe with this is that at least in terms of evaluating it as an album a great album of music rather than a great moment in time is that it just doesn't have enough interest to last. I mean, I'm never going to, I'll admit, I, I don't like the 90s. I'm not a fan of singer-songwriter stuff. Like, I knew songwriters like this in college, and they always kind of annoyed me. Like, just not not like they didn't really annoy me. It was always kind of like, this is just, you know, creepy or weird. Or like, I, it's just not my thing. Now, I want to pull up a song from my new favorite grunge band uh, that I genuinely like. This is off of the... <laughs> um, 
A Jar of Flies album. This is Nutshell. Great so EP. just to show uh, the, yeah. the difference, right. like in terms of it, what you could do, you know, just like, forget the topic, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I think the topic is interesting, <laughs> if not weird. But let me put this to the top of the, the thing I'm just here. Gonna, Hang on. Where, I'm uh, just going to say. How do I get this? I know, I know. Right. I know, but it's one of those, it's one of those things. Oh my God, when you're going to play Nutshell, it's going to make me cry. Yeah. But it's one of those things where <laughs> we've had in past discographies before where we're talking about a band. And then you're like, well, this also came out the same year. Mm-hmm. And you just play the better. You got to like, have some it. perspective. Remember <laughs> Attitude, last album? And it's just the kind of thing that I think yeah, people I mean, yuck Nutshell's off because so it's kind of like when people though. talk. I'm not going to have anybody who is interested or knows anything about this artist, but like Billie Eilish or something. Did you hear she sings about depression and mental health? Like, so? So what? Like, did yeah, you hear he no, wrote like this deep mean. song? Like, but the music kind of sucks. Like, it just, it's, just, it's not. But listen to Nutshell. That's beautiful. And just what the emotion you're, you're, there. I'm so you're, glad you're talk- I saw them. Yeah, you're si- you're band. sinking this song. But also, okay, all right. <laughs> just, when, when, when did when when did Jar Flies uh, come out here? Let's, I believe 95, uh, 94, 95. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not slapping them in the face like that. But in terms of like what you could yeah, do in the grunge genre, I don't I don't think Allison Chains heard Polly and and then decided to write uh, uh, Jar of Flies in the LA. I don't know. I, I, I guess I wasn't as put off by it as you guys were. I mean, I, I, I like the stripped down where the acoustic guitar almost has like this really dark comedic kind of nature to it. It's just an acoustic really guitar. Pay attention. It's nothing I love how think, bad it sounds. But I think who, that, who no, I think that, that, that's what, again, maybe wait, that's all wait, it wait, needs. Wait. Again, yeah, this is, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree know. with yeah. you, Chris, because yeah. the, the fact that it's kind of like happy and like you'd think somebody would be singing about like... And it's from it's the like perspective of, of, shop, of the guy. Like, yeah. Happy yeah. Stuff. Fine with the perspective. Like the way. I like that. It just, I know, but then it's not. And it's, it's, you're like, yeah, oh. It's, yeah. You could have done yeah, something. Like, listen know, to what Allison Chains did and the creativity they went you're, into you're, the studio. You're talking with. about the wrong baby. We're not, we're, not, we're not talking about somebody with a vast musical palette here. You were talking about somebody with a Then I'm not going to call this the greatest album of all time. I'm not going to buy it from an incredible top to bottom, every single one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, six. Polly, did you hear he's singing about this rape and murder? Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't care. Like it's just not. It's just like a little strummy college dorm acoustic ditty, and it's just that people who like that. Are, Did you hear it's Kurt your, your Cobain can write about? <laughs> yeah. Wow! See, what incredible I, I get stuff! It. Like, uh, I but get it just it. doesn't like, capture yeah. the emotion not, like that. That you can yeah, like, a, and, a that, and that's can. what that's what makes this podcast cool. I I, I have to say, <laughs> like, it, 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 I I you know I love this record and I respect <laughs> anybody that doesn't like it in retrospect. But like that's what makes it interesting, and we've prefaced this so many times. It's like we are millennials. Like I said, I was born in '93, where like I wasn't around in 1991 when this record came out. So like maybe if I heard this album at the time, like in '91 when it came out, I'd be like, I'd even like it even more. Mm-hmm. So like I, I get it, and it's like you know maybe Mark and Kevin are experiencing this album for the first time in 2021. 
and you guys already have your preconceived notions of like what kind of music you like and it's like i get it and and that's why i think it's also cool where we're young guys like in our 20s but we're also going through discographies like with queen and van halen stuff way before our time so it's cool to like get the kind of polar opposites right. here yeah we, we, uh, we and that's what makes it fun of yeah that we're kind of covering here and uh, uh, yeah and, you, and again you can be objective to a point like i said okay i'll i'll respect mark's yeah opinion yeah that's again and it's yeah yeah it's his opinion and it has its valid points i'm just looking at it yeah evaluate it as evaluate it as a moment in time yeah, as a yeah. musical piece as songwriting yeah. as as oh, right. i appreciate it too because when mark comes in and he throws in nutshell in the chat and compares it to polly it's like <laughs> i know what i'm listening to after the show so well, yeah. it is a valid point well that's what i have to say too like i know i supported the song and i do think chris has a point but when you put it in the context of the greatest albums of all time yeah, the song isn't touching any. Will you, any, will you like, go back and pull it up not, in the car, or is it just going to be something that just bounces around your head unwillingly? Right, right, right in, yeah, like it, know, honestly, in the, the context <laughs> of the album, I kind of I like where it sits. Yeah, it I think it's a nice it, yeah. breather track. It yeah, is. like stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? That wasn't bad. But in the context of the greatest albums of all time, you're like, yeah, yeah, well, it's just kind of hipster garbage. Chris, you're a Beatles you know, fan. Before hipster they, garbage did, was. Did they write this song? I mean, million times better once you pull up a, a yeah with, like, with the beatles like this is kind of uh, emotional acoustic well yeah i mean yeah but, you can you know you, maybe work well, yeah, i mean you can get yeah, i mean you've got yeah you've got yesterday i mean you've got blackbird i mean okay which are well they're not dark like this but uh uh, uh but yeah i mean they, they but yeah mccartney i mean had a much more yeah larger kind of musical i, I bring them with, up because yeah, that's so kind of how cobain and lennon are are always compared yeah yeah, and they had again, and they brought in especially later on. I mean, they brought in a lot more. Not that we don't have. That's just Kevin Kuhn up next song. Who was that? Oh, um, yeah, uh, uh, and not that we don't have. I guess what well, there's a cello on a on one of the later mm-hmm. songs on here, but uh, I don't know if that was him embracing. But they he never took it to the same level that McCartney and Lennon did. I mean, as far as bringing in all these, yeah, well, they had more uh, time. I mean, because again, a I mean, longer when, career, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, they had nearly a decade's worth of of time to uh, to kind of yeah flesh out what they wanted to do and were able to, especially when okay. they stopped touring. Me, I mean, where Nirvana was Nirv- Nirvana was a touring yeah. band. Yeah, where they kind of had to. Uh, so again, yeah, the, the more acoustic-y things the Beatles did were much more. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, 3D. I guess. I guess you could put it, it this way. Like, Definitely. I'm not but interested in ever going back to Polly, but had Kurt Cobain not offed himself, maybe he would have developed a more interesting version of Polly. That you could have taken that. Yeah, who knows? Like I said, I, you know, really create well, something. You yeah. might get. You might, these are all you, moments in time. You might yeah. get it on the next record. And one <laughs> thing I, I'll, I'll, I'll re, I kind of realized too. I mean, I never really looked at the vinyl track listing of this record just because, like, I've always earned or owned the like first press oh, CD, CD of this, and this album. came out in '91. CD album. It's CD era, and it's like not like the '90s were not. From what I've heard, I mean, I wasn't collecting vinyl in the 90s, but from what I've heard, the 90s weren't very kind to vinyl, and it was very much a niche thing, and it was very much a CD era. But I will mm. say, this song does end side one, and then Territorial Blessings opens up side two, and in a way, that's kind of yeah. cool. Like I, I don't know if they yeah. necessarily structured mm. the album based on that way. But I feel like they would because I, I feel like they're. You know, it's it's funny. I was just thinking like, with, yeah, with this song, and then we can move on. It's yeah, this cool is like the weird, 
like like the like the kind of the creepy like camp, campfire song. It's not meant to be really right. kind of to, to be to be three again three D sounding. It's just there to kind of you with your drinking buddies just go. Oh, I've got this. I wrote this. Yeah. And maybe that goes back to what Mark said. I don't know about the like the kind of the hipster acoustic dorm. I don't know. But I again I think but it then serves they sing about no. this. I hate rape yeah. and murder, I, and you're just like, yeah. dude, what are you? What, what no, are you I, writing here? I, if, no, if he, well, if he, I, yeah. I completely agree with you, Chris. Like, I get it. Like, I yeah. do equate some of these songs, like an All Apologies or a Polly or something in the way yeah, or I, about a girl. I, to, I equate right. it to, like, seeing these guys around a campfire playing these songs and, like, how simple they right. are. But they're still, like, these are grungy guys that you would not expect to have good voices and know how to do good harmonies and stuff like that. Right. And these songs are really simple, but it's like, man, there's something here that's, like, sticking with it. But also they can do the complete polar opposite of this and do something sludgy mm-hmm. on Bleach. But the, or then they can write like really good, I wouldn't say pop punk songs, but like right. heavy power pop punk stuff too. Like right. they can kind of cover the gamut in a way. And like, yeah. okay, maybe they don't do it with the musicianship of of uh, Alice in Chains, but like I don't think they ever had the ability to do that. It's not musicianship, it's, it's song well, arrangement. I suppose in creativity, it's not virtuosity or show off. It, it's just that's okay. what I'm trying right. to get at. Well, sure. Yeah. We are going to flip the record over now. Will Kevin have a lot to say on the second half of the <laughs> album? <laughs> we'll find out. This is territorial pissings starting at one minute and 20 seconds. Get the soundboard ready. I'm going to drop maybe the only one you'll ever hear from me in this band. Alex's warm blanket. (laughs) The screams. God, what a song. The the ending just kind of fills you up. It really just, just the guitar tone. I know it's just, it's totally ushering in the era of the terrible boss pedal sounding distortion. But it's it's yeah, it's, it's a little uh, it, yeah. it, it just fills me up really well. Maybe I hear a lot of uh, like early Blink One Eighty Two sounding riffing that that uh, you yeah. know maybe kind of annoys me a little bit. I, maybe like all the small things or something like that. But uh, can't blame Nirvana for that one. Well, how could you? It's it's eight years predating that. So um, yeah, I, right. I'll have to say that ending. Uh, thanks for playing that. That's that's a lot of fun. Oh, it's beautiful, and I love the way. And hey. <laughs> Think about this. You were talking about how in Breed you wish that they broke it down into a breakdown with just the drums and bass. Mm-hmm. There yep. you go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They did and it. the way that it works, they there. just don't do that stupid '90s like ramp up into the chorus for that. Like it keeps building to the end, and he just breaks up and breaks up. And remember how I was talking about earlier how his uh, voice he could just perfectly control that cracking. And here I feel like I don't know if he can. You would call this perfect control, but how it really is. 
uh, linear in terms of how it is advancing. Just as oh, yeah. how he just mm-hmm. keeps singing that repeating chorus and more and more, like you could just hear the pain without becoming so unclear. Like it's still like it's 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 done well, whether you like it or not, or whether you're comfortable with it or not. I I think it's it, it's, it's it's expertly done. It is like a, almost like a happy accident. It's like you wouldn't see this guy and think and. And this is just like part of just the mystery or just the genius of Mm. the whole. And I feel like there's so many factors that are playing to make this band what they are. And I I get it. It works. But it's like you look at this guy and you wouldn't think that he would be, you know, he wouldn't have like these skills or like this control over his voice or stuff like that. But it just happened to work that way. And it's like, man, this guy could capture so much emotion on a record and like sometimes that sounds really ugly and bad, but there's still something about it that sticks with you and it still hits some spot, spot of your brain where it still sounds kind of good, even though it's kind of awful and painful. Right. It's, it's, it's the I love this. I, 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 I don't know if you're getting more like I love the way when he's palm muting that A chord when Chris is going just with the bass and he does that little rake with the chorus right before the guitar drops out and it's just him singing with the bass. It's so mm-hmm. good. And Dave's drums are great. The way he builds it up with the double time at the very end to just intensify mm-hmm. Start hitting it. Start a snare on every, on every downbeat. This is a song. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I was thinking of, um, too, which I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a bad thing to say, but like this song is three chords. And you think about how many prob- like kids who are just picking up the guitar for the very first time could easily play this song and join a band and cover this at a show. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's like, I wonder if that in a way, well, I'm sure it does like the simplicity in a way helps a lot of this because it's like, this is attainable. And that's what punk rock was. It's attainable. It's like, yeah, okay. I cannot, I'm not a Steve Vai and I probably will never be there, but like I can play this stuff and I can sell my emotion into it too. And it's like, I can do this kind of too. Like it's a very human band. Uh, just because it's attainable yeah, doesn't mean that you can also capture the same moment. Like you'll never capture the sure. moment like like right. he did. Right. Like, but again, right. it, it gives you an, it's it's all about inspiration. It's like okay, I can I can take this, and I mean that's the whole basis of music. You hear something, and then you take it. Like oh, I can kind of do, it, and then you build your own thing. I mean, even that's essentially what they did here. I mean, they took kind of the grittiness of the clubs from the '80s and took it onto the worldwide stage. I mean, it was. I mean, it was. Yeah, it's yeah. Not a lot of bands have been able to do it from coming from such a simple perspective or a simple kind of skill set. Chris, um, you hate that guitar tone. But uh, yeah, this is yeah a little bit. It's a little too kind of too bossy. It's, it kind of is like the opposite of yeah. I I'm all about like the fat Marshall kind of 800 kind of yeah. That's why I recently got a Marshall just to get that fat. It's like I need the resonance mm-hmm. control. Yeah, there is none of that here. You just turn that all the way to zero. <laughs> And the presence down, yeah, yeah. Presence all the way up, mm-hmm. resonance down. Um, but <laughs> um, presence but, without uh, resonance. It's fu- <laughs> Yeah, right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it, it it fits the song. Uh, I mean, this is again kind of another probably the second Bleach esque type song on here. Uh, funny enough, I because th- I always talk about how I like a little bit more production, but I felt here I wish they would have pulled back a little bit. I think it needs more of that that dirtiness from Bleach, where they kind of took that away a little bit. Um, uh, not that it's not catchy as hell. I mean, I kind of agree with you, Mark. Yeah, it's one of those kind of, I guess you could say it's a little bit of a stocks on the rise. Uh, it does what it needs. It's, it's there to, to make the audience know, okay, we're still here. It's still, we're still, you're, we're still brothers in this. Yeah, we're not, we haven't let our egos totally go all overboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though we're as huge as anything else that's out there right now. Um, 
but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I was talking about that guitar song, that guitar tone. I mean, it's not. Yeah, it, it serves the song, and it's not something I go to. But I don't think it would work uh, if they had anything else here. Uh, and again, it, Dave resurrects that breed kind of drum mm-hmm. thing in the beginning again. Is is that a Dave thing? Does he do that a lot? And like the kind of. Yeah, he seems to, I think he does he, he does it three times I think on this record and I think there was another like later on where I kind of like all right okay so that's enough of the yeah I don't know I, I want more like, of, I, honestly he was he played obviously he played drums in bands before Nirvana um you know he played in some DC bands and he was in a band called Scream which I, right. I, I haven't listened to a whole lot of the stuff that he's been on I mean I've listened to Scream but like not so much the stuff that he was on so I'd have to go back and check but like I almost get it too where it's almost like so simple it's just like you almost wouldn't think like well why is this guy like rated as maybe one of the best drummers of the 90s but i don't i think just like the power in the image and like the not so much like he's not a jimmy chamberlain from the smashing pumpkins or a dave abruzzi's from pearl jam where it's like this guy's throwing splashes and shinas and all this cool technical stuff where it's like, it's easy to see why these guys are rated some of the best drummers. And then you got Dave where it's just meat and potatoes up the middle, but the power in the strategically placed, well-crafted fills. And it's like, yeah, okay. He's just kind of doing like a snare roll to, to beef up a part. Like what's so cool about that. But it's also like, I don't know, maybe not a lot of people were doing that and that's a signature thing. And he like, again, it's like, why didn't I think of that? It's so, it's right. it's so simple and like almost annoying that it worked, but of course it works. All right. There's also a weird little thing, and then we can move on. Yeah. As far as because uh, uh, I think Kurt kind of said that he was somebody very much embraced kind of like feminist ideology, and there's a little line in here that kind of which it's such a blistering punk song you don't expect. Yeah. Never been a wise man. If so, it's a woman, and that kind of speaks to his kind of that he was. Pr- very early on as far as embracing kind of, yeah, those more kind of the breaking through those social barriers uh, yeah, that were, especially back in the early 90s, were not really, yeah, stuff that people talked about, I guess. Uh, uh, I know it's kind of gotten a little crazy nowadays, but back then I think it was a, a much more, yeah, it, it, he, I think he was one of the first guys of that genre who kind of... Oh, that was just yeah, a response who embraced to that, the yeah. 80s being so... Yeah. But again, I mean, like you didn't hear even. I mean, macho. But again, you didn't hear guy. Yeah, you guys didn't hear mm-hmm. like uh, guy. Uh, like, like I, don't, I mean, I never heard in interviews like Chris Cornell or or or, or, or any of the guys in uh, um, and Allison Chains like t- kind of talking about it as much as Kurt did in like some of those more kind of intimate interviews. Uh, yeah, his opinion on more kind of uh, uh, yeah more kind of social. Uh, what was the uh, line, Chris? Topics. Uh, it was. Uh, hold on. Uh, never met a wise man if so it's a woman oh, okay. yeah because uh, I, know, I know he always talked about he was very much kind of i mean it's i mean we'll get onto talking about talking about that on the uh, the next record uh, uh that he kinda, there are a few more songs that kind of focus on that uh uh kind of yeah and more kind of again one of the few times where he did kind of focus on the lyrics uh here again it's kind of jumbled in there but again you can see every time he kinda, every once in a while he kind of throws in this these little I don't know if they're conscious or not, but I know just based on what I've read in the interviews I've seen, yeah, that he was, uh, that he was, he had these consciousness kind of positions. Uh, uh, but it was weird because you know, again, you don't really notice it because it's such a blistering song. Yeah, because again, so you just sound like I'm sure in the clubs nobody noticed that, nobody paid attention to that. Yeah, nobody. Uh, uh, 
but uh, again, because we're here quietly kind of discussing it, you kind of can break it down sure. a little bit more. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to Drain You. And if my sync video will work, which is not, there it goes. Uh, we're going to be starting this one at 1 minute and 32 seconds. that little section there i have you guys know? i have an Did idea you pick up on uh, any? uh uh is it um don't wait give me a second I want to see if any of you guys oh yeah. i already know what it is is it a band we've covered no it's a band we've yeah, covered it is a band we've several covered. species in a furry pit uh pink floyd yeah small furry yeah, was, animals uh, gathered together yeah, there was that in, in interstellar yeah. overdrive like that uh, section where yeah and, then, and as soon as kurt starts screaming like roger does like in those early kind of yeah. i'm like oh that's totally i wonder if he i wonder if that was was a pink floyd kind of uh, uh, if he grabbed that from, I mean, I would be surprised if he did, but that totally kind of reminded me yep, of that. I have the same thing. And, and, and finally eight songs in, we finally get something interesting from a compositional <laughs> perspective. Like we finally get something that's just not just a ramp up into the final chorus and a fade out on the final guitar hit. Like we get something that's at least a little creative in terms of song structure. I, I was expecting you to say the opposite because that is exactly what that clip just did. It was the it was the solo ramping up into the big chorus again. No, it didn't. It had that breakdown, that whole vibing, like very uh, uh, early Floyd era. Like I, I had set the controls for the heart of the sun written down, but any of those really oh. work. I said the rest of the the song was totally forgettable until the middle section, which is probably the most interesting oh, of the yeah, album for sure. You know. It's, I, I have no idea what happens in the rest of the song, but this part, this is why I remembered. So no, I did not pick this section as a bash. I picked it as like, hey, this is actually a cool spot on an album you might not know. If anything, this, if anything, the way you pick these clips almost makes me like the album less because I get what you're saying, and I guess I've never analyzed it this way until you play it this like in this order. But like you have the in bloom solo where it's just this chaotic solo that just kind of progressively builds into like a huge final chorus. They did it here, mm -hmm. they do it in Breed, and now they do it again. So that's why I'm like, what was the what was different about this song that you guys actually like compared to Breed and In Bloom? The fact that it's uh, just the weirdness yeah. of the it's less of a solo. This it is. Yeah, it's and, and it's and like, it's not really and it's not really punk either. I mean, it is kind of of that classic rock kind of uh, not proggy. I mean, I don't know what you call it, space rock. I don't know. If sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say you know, that's the pink, pink more like soundscape. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right? that's like yeah. war of the word. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's very it's, it's very major sounding too, almost overly sentimental. I mean, when you I think I don't know if, how much again digging into his lyrics. I know it's I guess controversial at this point, but uh, uh, as far as kind of the yeah two people coming together almost in a nauseating way, as far as one side's demonstrating their love versus the other side. Yeah. Uh, just we're kind of going through the, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, it. I think it kind of, again, it's Dick trying to write a, a love song from his perspective of kind of <laughs> where it's not normal pop, but it, uh, it's kind of normal, normal romance pop music. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we ready to transition to the lounge? Not really, but <laughs> I <am. laughs> Oh, I gave it away. Oh, oh. I've got a 90s well, moment coming. Well, this is called Lounge Jack, and we're starting at 45 seconds. do the opposite of what I did before uh, with Alex and my uh, whole fake out to something good. I'm going to introduce something bad uh, that I absolutely hate that I just cannot disconnect from the chorus of this song. This is going to be a 90s nostalgic bomb. Uh, let me bust I this heard up. It on this last, oh, I heard it on this last I listen. I hate this song. This is everything I hate about the 90s. I cannot blame Nirvana for it. But this is Sister Hazel, All For You. Just 90s awfulness at its worst. Oh yeah, it's totally like Gin Blossoms. This is such a Gin Blossoms Lemonhead I'll, I'll, song, but I love it. Yeah. Because I feel I'll like they didn't least, do anything yeah. like this up until then. Like you, I feel like you didn't really have Kurt or Chris moving that much on the bass. Like if anything, this sounds different than kind of the other hard rock songs on this record. There's like a little bit more uh, groove and boogie on this song than the I, I like I groove song. and I, boogie. I, I will. And, yeah, yeah I well, will. yeah, and because yeah. nobody ever talks about the next two songs. And everything else is over-explained. Oh, and I think these are diamonds in the rough. Oh, that nine out of ten. <laughs> Nobody's talking about these <laughs> No, it's because, it's because, it's because they suck. the radio. They don't suck. These next two songs are fantastic. Actually, next three songs. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah I gotta, I'm going to have to agree with my main man, uh, oh, Marco, over there. A change uh, of pace. Yeah, this, Chris and yeah, Alex funny, have at been least, broken at least up. We have found a point in the Nirvana discography. <laughs> we, we drove the wedge. We have exploited the wedge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the thing with 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 lounge act like compared to the song that Mark just played, at least in that song it has like this happy energy. Where here, I mean, it just it sounds like grunge background music, which isn't <laughs> grunge good. Not, elevator not for a band. music. Not, not, 
Yeah, I mean, he Kurt sounds tired here. I mean, especially he's just like. It sounds like they're uh, done. Um, th- 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 there was a point in yeah, Kevin played it in that clip where I kind of sound kind of like the uh, the beginnings of kind of uh, like Dave's singing style in uh, uh, in the Foo Fighters. Yeah, Kevin, I know that you play. Can you play it again at th- th- uh, thirty five seconds? I so bumped I can, it out with yeah, Sister just, Hazel's so. song. You can play the yeah, so yeah. we can play anything from Sister so, Hazel. You know, I had this in my back pocket here. I just want to add something because we just haven't. We need a strong like antidote. We need something cool. Yeah. And as I bump this up to the top here, look, let's just yeah. play a little bit of this. Remember, remember this stuff. Okay. <laughs> that was sure cool. Where you're going with this. <laughs> because I was playing Sister Hazel, and I don't want to hear any more '90s. Give me some Van Halen. What is it? But is that Nirvana's fault, though? No, it's not. I mean, at this point, I mean, at this point, who knows? I mean, they could. It could is have is been... it your fault? Like, is yes. it is it Van Halen's fault for Pretty Boy Floyd? I guess that's the same comparison, right? Right. Like, is, is, is... yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I mean, Eddie talked about that he was kind of not that he had kind of trepidations about being taking possession of being uh, the one who kind of started yeah. that whole scene. Yeah, that he was kind of because he said, yeah, that yeah, that he was kind of like that's not what we were initially looking to. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is very nice. Like, I, I totally hear it. That, but that, that sounds that sounds very cool fighters. I mean, later on, I feel like that kind of yeah, as far as not being able to see it. Sure. But it just feels like it's not. There's, there's, no, there's no energy here like there was on the last well, couple of. Well, the song. And again, the, it's hard when you, Chris. The song yeah. is called Lounge Act. Yeah, it's a lounge. I'm sorry, I can't. Like, that's the I, point I, of the song. We've started with smells I'm, like Teen Spirit, and we've pretty much besides. Breed and Territorial Pistons being faked out. Like, the, you, right, you just know, thought this was going to be a, this, a, a, a whole, you know, embodying that smells like teen spirit throughout, right. and I'm fine with the this, come as you are, but, you know, a lot of it is just not, it, it's not, it, 12 songs is too many. I just, I just wonder how much this song is, is uh, ignored because of the media. Because, okay, up until this point, all, like, okay, tracks one through eight have been on, on, Rock and alternative radio and overexplained f- for 30, yeah. 30 years. Okay. And then yeah. you get into the two songs that, like, okay, maybe they don't talk, but does that mean they're that bad songs? Not as good as the rest. It's okay. I mean, it's, 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 it, yeah, it's, I it's, like know. I said, I, I, I like, I like deep cuts, but this is more in the, this is more filler, at least for me. Again, this is just my opinion. Okay. I just but the, make is sure. it, I will, if everybody, you know, go back the to only website, ones I've the heard on the radio, I just wonder if it's filler yeah. because that <laughs> is what, the world has made you think. Well, well, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, the, and I, I was gonna make a, uh, another connection as far as with the Black Album that this that Nevermind suffers from the same thing where you pack all the monsters up front, and then once you get to the kind of the bottom of the record where you've got like uh, like the like the struggle within and a Wolf and Man. What should you say that? Ter- well, because like, so- society has told yeah. you to not look no, into no. the struggle well, within. Territorial like, pissings yeah. is is not a it's not a Wikipedia linked track. <laughs> like that's definitely in the lower tier of this record, mm-hmm. and and I think that's great. That's not filler. That's that's them bringing back right, the bleach I, I, I roots. Do kind of like, Honestly, right, I do kind the only of, yeah. ones I've heard on the radio myself smells like Teen Spirit, Come as You Are, Lithium. I've in no blue, idea maybe. about the others. I've never heard. Heard, I've yeah. never heard. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah, those, are all, those, are those are all those are all up front. Yeah, <laughs> those are all right in the uh, or or Drain uh, You. I've never heard Drain, drain You on huge. the radio. 
Let's, really? let's pull never, it up on Spotify right um, now. Here we go. I mean, it might be. It might be big. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of deep cut, yeah. for me, everything except you're for not those the third, three was a deep cut. You're not the third. But again, but again, yeah, this album where you kind of run out where it's not as solidly packed like, yeah, like it was okay. up front. So, yeah, where you've got, yeah. Um, the top Spotify song is obviously Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, comes URB number two, Lithium number three, no surprise there. Number four is In Bloom, also no surprise. Then Drain You is number six. Lounge Act is the third least played, along with the next two that we're getting to on the album. I'm not counting endless names. All right, All right well, here, let me, let, me, <laughs> let me throw in a little devil. Let me throw in a little devil's advocate here. I'm not going to go down and say Lounge Act is the greatest song in the world, but I think it's it's solid. You look at some of the records that we have rated in the past. We've given them like nines, tens, okay, stuff I'm like ready that. For this. St- yeah, no, as you should be. Something like <laughs> sheer heart attack. Like Van- Let's bring it on. <laughs> well, stuff like Van Halen's like 1984 or 5150, where we're giving those songs really high ratings. Yeah. But is anybody hearing "Get Up" on the radio? Is anybody hearing "House of Pain" live? No. So what makes those deep cut songs better than this They're one? They're not filler. I mean, Girl Gone Bad is one is of the greatest Van Halen songs. Yes, it is. It, it's yes, not it a is. hit. It's <laughs> yes, deep it in the is. record. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, this is but a, it's just like yeah, those records a, yeah. got nine out of tens, maybe more based off of the singles where, I don't know, I feel like everything on here is... Wait, Chris, Chris terminated Jump, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I love the I, 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 I... I, I like 1984 because of the deeper songs. Yeah, not that, uh, but uh, but here, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think there's a problem when you pack so much stuff up front. That's always been a problem of mine. Well, I like. I'll tell you this much: 1984. Yeah. How many tracks? What eight? Yeah, yeah, and one's and an all, intro, yeah. <laughs> and, and one of them is an intro. So it's gonna have. It, it's got a lot more room to mess yeah. up yeah, if you've got a stinker. I, but it's also if you've. If you hit and on most of them, I, it's going to sound I get figures. that. I get that. I just, I feel like that's almost so hard to judge because it's a different era. And like, it's also, oh, I know it is, it's yeah. so <laughs> hard to know. And I'm like, I, I put out an album too. And it's like, how do you know what to leave off? And like, at the time it feels good. Like everything feels like it's worthy of being on the record. And obviously there's ones that are like complete clinkers that just do not fit the vibe and you leave those off. But like, I don't know. At the time, I'm sure they felt like all these were good, and I, they age well to me. And like maybe Van Halen only had eight songs. Well, let's let's leave Van Halen out of the mix, and let's bring up uh, Pearl Jam and Ten. And I I suffered uh, suffered through the whole album. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it's a good, great yeah. Album. There's there's not a lot of filler on that one, the top to bottom. They've got some nine minute tracks on there. I, I wasn't bored. Like it, it it keeps your attention. Like this, it's. Twi- uh, you know, twelve. Uh, I don't know. Garden and deep. Are you really rating those that high? I, I, not as high as the rest of them, but I wouldn't say that they're just there. Right, like this one. Like, like, like you know, like, 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 like releases <laughs> is what, like, almost nine minutes or whatever. Oh, release is incredible. Release is incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got interest there. This is just, uh, I mean, outside, like, it took eight songs to get to something interesting, and now I'm done. <laughs> just, it's just. That's no, fine. That'd be Chris, a good Chris's point episode, with as the as, whole Metallica. Yeah, I never yeah. saw that before, but this is very much the black album of of ninety two or ninety one. But like you know, yeah. it was big in ninety two, like, like that kind of. But yeah, very kind of similar. I uh, I, I, yeah. I get it. 
I understand. I understand that this is a deep cut for a reason. I get it. But I still don't know if it is like the worst. Uh, this is, I think this is, this song is better than the majority of the stuff on Bleach. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I'm not saying well, yeah, that. I, better, yeah. I just feel like at this point, like I've been hearing, for, the, for, for, I've yeah, been yeah. hearing the power chord, you know, stuff for the last seven songs. For the yeah, most. here it's it just, here it just poly, does here, here, so, here it just, it, just it, it feels that I think I've used this word before a conviction it doesn't feel like there's conviction like there was on the last right. yeah where again you could feel the power chords you could feel kurt singing here it just sounds that's, like okay i need that's fair I'm, i just want to get to the next song anyway okay. so just move it yeah. <laughs> right. stay away. Yeah. we yeah. we are going to get to stay away i hope where i'm pu- playing this where alex wants me to it's going to be 150 this one um the uh i don't know why this one doesn't work while territorial pissings does um because there is a lot to like in this song i i like how the guitar uh doubles the voice in the verse that's that's pretty cool like as like at least in terms of nirvana standards as being pretty cool um there's like it's got great punky energy it's just and it's got a great ending too we didn't we didn't get to that part but there's something about stay away that's just very like it's burying the needle on the cringe meter for me. And there's something about the territorial pissings that did not do that. And it's hard for me to separate the two. Like there's a lot to like about it, but I just, you know, think 14 year old yeah. angsty kid, you know, in his, you know, bedroom telling his parents his to no stay away again. from me because I'm bad. <laughs> it just, I, I will say I, I will say <laughs> I, I get it it's just one of those things like these kids it's that negative you hate creep. that you make fun of were probably created because of Kurt it, it's it's I know like no, you no, saw no. these kids because yeah. of him and I was He's, I grew up at the tail end of that so them. that's why I hate it and so you know our, our, our you know Kevin and I our dad hates the 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 Beatles because he grew up in the 70s and you know that was the most uncool thing in 78 to be a fan of John Lennon um I get so it. like it, I grew up fun. at the tail end with, with this kind of stuff and and it's it's a, it's like negative creep again where I'll buy it when it comes to it. you know um uh, uh scoff and, and the whole like you know give me back my alcohol like I think that's just more mature and more interesting but when it comes to like this cringy angsty like I just it just ugh, like, just I, I don't I, buy I will, it. I, I will I'm not, say that I'm the there. Like, I, I have right, fair. Yeah, I, I will. I will. If it hits you when you were that in that part lyric. of your life, you know, I, I get why you would like it, but I, not me. Yeah, I do feel there is some prophetic kind of like lyrical lines in here where it's like, yeah, I'd rather be uh, uh, dead than cool. That's and then again, 
I guess cr- cr- criticizing his life. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking into the deep. I'm just looking as far as just him. I don't know if he's venting or whatever. Uh, every line ends in a rhyme where I don't know if he's criticizing his. I don't know. It's weird. Again, I don't know. It sounds like he's having a moment I here. I, I just. Um, it, that's so. Yeah. Um, I guess as. Less is more. Less is more. Love is blind. I don't know if he's talking about it as far as just well, the wife that he, the life that he'd like to have. Yeah, I don't know where it's like getting back. It's, it's to your the, ninth grade math notebook. Yeah. It, it it is. It might maybe it is. I don't know. Just the yeah the pissed off like awkward kid. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, and he gave them all a voice, and that's yeah, why it was so popular. Yeah, fashion shits, fashion style. I don't know if that was <laughs> again him. I don't know as far as the impending scene blowing up. I don't know if they were already starting to see that where he's just again there's. I just found that there seems to be him kind of criticizing what's starting to happen around him. Um, that was the one thing I took away from it, where I kind of that's where I didn't where I didn't crap on the song as much as I wanted to. Because again, Mark, I kind of agreed with you that it's it's not horrible, but it's not groundbreaking. It doesn't really. Like, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, weird it's, thing uh, where actually um, the music is more interesting than the lyrics. To this oh, point, absolutely, the I don't lyrics give a shit have about been the lyrics on this. more of the the, yeah. the, the driving force. And it and it makes right. total sense why Dave said in the documentary classic albums he's like Kurt always said melody first lyric second it's like Kurt right. had a way with just coming up with these simple catchy melodies that just get stuck in head. and not only that like he could just capture so much emotion in his voice and those choruses just rage it's like yeah. I want to see this band I wish I saw this band like play metro or aragon ballroom or whatever back in the 90s and they played this song and the whole floor was just going nuts this is that song so good that yeah i will I, yeah i will say i mean if there's one thing that kurt did really well he he built an incredible foundation under very quirky lyrics and nonsensical kind of because again you've got an you got his voice and you've got the pop melodies and i think that's why it works which which again you could say that for a lot of the yeah that if if the melody is strong enough you can do whatever you want i mean if it isn't like what you have in like the final cut where you're paying attention because the music isn't interesting right. and it kind of makes but, it harder to yeah 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 but here absolutely yeah he yeah he i, I think that this i guess you could say i mean not that the that's his strongest melodic moment but you could say this kind of shows you know, what he yeah uh, a, i guess on a kind of a 101 level yeah as far as what his strengths were yeah and why the why the songs kind of went farther than they should have yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on a plane? Yeah. Everybody's excited. All right. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start on a plane at two minutes and 14 seconds. Hums. Oh, I love it. Yeah, though that, that that is my one of my top warm blanket moments. I don't know, like how, how yeah, like how they're harmonized with Kurt's vocal. It's just I don't know what it does. It's it's so 
it, it lifts up what should be a, just a normal song, and it kind of makes it more unique than it should Very be. Very poppy, though. It's, uh, it's oddly I, poppy. I'm it is. No, like, I agree. Yeah. Great. I, like, I noticed them. Like, that's a weird chord choice there. I don't know, but it makes it sound more, like, more mature, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, it's, it takes it from just being normal, like, punk, or whatever you want to call that normal, but it, and it gives it some yeah. body. And I just think that's, yeah, I just think that's great. Yeah, it's funny. I, yeah, again, this is probably one of the, as far as, yeah, Kurt really throwing the, uh, uh, as far as what he's whether he's writing about anything where supposedly this was a song about the art of writing a song from his perspective but also it's weird because it also throws in kind of what he was going through in his complex relationship with his mother which i don't it's like man he's really <laughs> to think out again thank god for the music where that makes it kind of because again you're uh you've got these two kind of opposing topics that are kind of mushed together and it takes, and again, kind of going back to Kevin, what Kevin was saying, where it's maybe it's not never never necessarily a good thing when you got to read up on what they're what they're talking about because there's enough there's enough there's enough there's enough kind of like as far as how he's talking where it's not really vague, but again, it's just it's very kind of like okay, there's a lot of stuff going on here, and it's not as random as he would probably like. It's like okay, I have to figure out what, and again, by the time you figure out, you're still confused. <laughs> You're like okay, like how do you how do you jump from the, the the art of writing a song to into like okay my there's about me feeling alienated from my mother and her messed up personal relationships like okay yeah I'm thank God for, I'm thank, glad. God, thank God thank God for the ums because yeah man that yeah that 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 that's what kept me that's what kept me in the Chris rhythms. I'm I'm glad you're just yeah. rolling with this because I yeah. don't have anything else to say yeah oh, but yeah, I think I covered it if we, this, if we is, want, this has always yeah. been one of my favorite deep cut yeah no I love I love I love the song, song. I, yeah. Well, yeah I think this is the first drop D song on the uh, first drop D song on the album too not that they've well, uh, they were drop C and open shy of right I know I was gonna say it's like it's not that they're shy of doing drop tunings but. I just have always loved like the chord voicings of this song and yeah, uh, great harmonies. I, I appreciate the bridge where it slows down and builds back up and stops. And then Chris just does that little bass walk down to, to do it. I've always, this is a, this is a good sleeper end of the album track for sure. It's a, it's, it's, wow. it's poppier than you'd expect for the, for the entire album, which That's I, I, I which I guess, too. I guess uh, Kurt said that it actually came out cleaner and, popular than he actually would have wanted and almost kind of hates it and he's like listen to the live versions because we played it better live it almost so. sounds like and i might be off base here i could see so that I'm not hugely uh, aware of this band but almost kind of like a lit sound kinda like more of the mid to late 90s like you know play on words <laughs> am i off i don't know no, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I oh, don't, Kevin and I don't, <laughs> there, smirks if it's not yeah, Alice in Chains I, I, I probably don't know about it yeah, let's definitely more pop. I mean, that's like my own worst enemy. That's like definitely more poppy. Just kind of like with yeah, the play on words. I'd, and- have to, I, 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 I'd, I'd have to listen to them both side by side to like get that. But I, I don't hear that at first. But maybe I'll, I'll do a test. I'll, do, I'll, entertain, I'll entertain this. <laughs> try test. my worst, Mark, my I'm worst try enemy. Try to you. I'm going to try to salvage you by moving on and closing this album out with something in the way. Starting at. 30 seconds.
I like the musical structure. I think it, I guess I'll, uh, I'm not sure what your position is on this, Mark, but uh, I think this is, I will say this is a little bit better than Polly. It sounds a little bit yeah. more kind of, yeah, it's like professionally structured. I gotta, uh, I gotta, I gotta jump in though, though. You got, yeah. you literally have two chords the whole song. The instrumentation, yeah. is which deeper. I do, Four I do, long. I do love this song. But like, why does this one work and not Polly work? There's more going I'm not on. Not saying in this one works, but it, it, there's a, at least in terms of just the the depth and this like the 3D, as Chris said, there's this yeah, more dimension to it. Um, this sure. song, yeah, there's the cello, yeah. there's the cello. Yeah. Yeah, but it works. The use yeah. of the stereo, it, it feels more composed in the studio rather than some dork in a dorm room. Um, but you know, when you listen to right. somber songs, you, you have something <laughs> dork, dork that, you know, you listen to this and th- this, this sounds dorks. good, but then you listen, you fire up this one and you just, you, you just don't necessarily, you know, I don't know. somber songs of the hey. early 90s i don't know why i would go to something in the way and not pearl jams black i mean nirvana I was like again I, I've, I've, I been, I've been i've been saying this i mean there nirvana was always more meat and potatoes than the other three bands i mean that's yeah the other bands were always they always yeah, embraced I, more of the classic rock then, i guess then but no and i get it no i i understand completely uh, yeah, I, um, but again, again this is, sometimes i wonder why wasn't it pearl jam i mean obviously pearl jam is huge now <laughs> And they were right. big then too, but it's like I get it. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, could could Kurt have written something like that from Pearl Jam? I mean, probably not. I mean, could Eddie Vedder and the and the guys written something like this? Probably not. It probably it wouldn't have, have sounded they right. They could have written yeah, it in their that's sleep. The, it just probably wouldn't have been as authentic. Right. Right. Again, we have to look. Yeah. Again, that's the thing we have to. That's the thing. I probably more than any other discography we've done where I've really had to look at the individual as far as what we're. And again, you can credit again. We, we've criticized him. I mean, in certain instances, but yeah. But again, this is a song, yeah, that I think it, it's a Kurt song. It really embodies, yeah, yeah. Whether you agree with it or not or connect with it, yeah, it, it definitely is a song it's that a represents his. It's a very personal his, song. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, at least in, on the record. It just it just pales right. in comparison to. You know, you, you know, it's funny. I mean, the speculation was, yeah, that the song was about, yeah, Kurt, like, being homeless mm-hmm. for a period of time a and living under a specific yeah. bridge. But it was funny. But it was funny. I, I came across a uh, uh, like an interview clip from Chris, who kind of said that, like, yeah, Kurt never. Uh, oh, don't tell lived. me! No, <laughs> like, come on. yeah. But, it's but, like but, but, out Nick but Mason was writing for the drums. Pers- yeah, n- not not that he was not that he was. <laughs> oh, you didn't really live under a bridge. <laughs> Shut up! Oh, we can still pull that one. Yeah, not, back. not that he wasn't. Nice. I, I mean, he was. There, there, there were times yeah, where he was homeless, where yeah, supposedly he did live like uh, where he would sleep in like the uh, like the hallways of like apartment okay. buildings. All right, because he yeah. wasn't because yeah, but the, but as far as the bridge, yeah, he said the the as far as the bridge. Uh, a description as far as being connected to his life was, I think, a He's little stretching bit stretching uh, the exaggerated. Truth. Yeah. Right, a little bit. It uh, takes it away. But uh, that's fine. I mean, he's still... But it's, again, you read... I mean, it, it does... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... it uh, he, I guess he does kind of embody it a little bit. I guess it does well, sound like you know, somebody I know, maybe, I don't, I don't know people that, personally, yeah. but, you know, I know people who know people um, in the film industry. And, and uh, I, I heard something from uh, a friend of mine who works here in Chicago and also does a lot of work in L.A. too. He said something like, you know, half the guys that I hire are living out of their cars. Um, and this is now today yeah, in 2021 right. and obviously housing prices play right. a big role in that. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, right. it's not that unique no, to an a, artist, yeah. you know, a starving artist is not something groundbreaking right. here. 
Right, but I don't think he got to, I mean, yeah, he was living out of Caria, he was sleeping in, yeah, but yeah, crashing on people's couches, but yeah, I, don't, I think the bridge, I don't know if that was just, yeah, him, I don't know, embodying the darkest, like the worst, like the worst mm-hmm. case scenario, I don't know, like where, where maybe he was talking about maybe like, what would happen if I got I to that point, I don't know, and trying to reflect from that perspective. If it's yeah, presented as, uh, you know, if, if media took that line and ran with it, then it would be far more irritating than if he just was taking some creative artistic liberties and trying to represent the darkest possible interpretation of his life. Maybe that I would, you know, I don't know. Right. I, I guess I have to think about that. But, yeah, that, and, and that's, I don't know, I guess that makes for good discussion, but uh uh, Chris, do you have another to, question so Alex I do, can wipe us out and uh, I do his, actually. I was, I, I was, yeah. Did Kurt actually get my cornab out here? Okay, we'll see. All right, this is a, um, and this is actually the last question I had. So I'm glad we got to. So hopefully this. Uh, Don't um, think you have to worry too much, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. True or false? Um, both Chris and Dave had a hard time playing uh, to um, this song that we just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wait, yes, Alex. wait, I'm sorry, I I'm sorry. I was, I was doing, I know, I was doing That's that to be That's an automatic T. I know, You're I was out doing of that the to be a smartass, because I figured you guys didn't care at this point. <laughs> Are you going to, that was pretty much yeah, the, uh, yes, the they, end of the Yes, they had a hard time playing to the song. Right, you are correct. Yeah, Dang. Um, Chris had a hard time tuning his bass to Kurt's twelve string, and Dave had a hard time playing in time. Yeah, because he was not used to playing that. All slowly. right, Alex gets so. you his five yeah, right. strings. Oh, was it? Was it? Five, was it? Oh, oh, I thought. I thought something. I thought it said twelve. Yeah, I think okay, he maybe, just I, had I, a I'll crappy five. Like his guitar didn't even have all the strings on it. It was. It, it wasn't a twelve string that had five strings on it, right? It was. It was a. Five, it was a six string that had five. Was I that think the, Alex knows more trivia than we're, really we're, we're, yeah, really we're, we're getting into the weeds, into the weeds now. Yeah. I, I I don't know, but it doesn't sound trebly in 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 presence enough presence enough to sound like a twelve string to me. So I'm going to go with a uh, first a okay. first act with a big hole in the middle. Uh, I, I, I thought it was one of those string. Chinese guitars with the tone hole between yeah, the two. That's what it sounds like hole. to me. Chinese guitar. Hey, uh, Chris, works. you get an extra it's lover. Uh, terminate uh, on each of the next two records. Are you going to take it on this one or the next one? Um, I think I'll take it on the okay. next one. Um, All right, doubling it up. Right. Two buys, myself, two terminates yeah. uh, on the uh, for each of us. For Alex, right? And Alex gets three. Oh, well, I'm glad I, he rated it a nine out of ten. I don't even. I, I didn't pick. I didn't. I'm going to pick this live. We're going to see. This is tough. Love it or flush it. If you're not familiar with it, love it or flush the, it. Uh, Alex, you explain it. Yeah. So for people who may be joining us for the first time, uh, if you are a, a dedicated listener, apologies for the redundancy here. But the love it or flush it section is: uh, we need to go through each song. We need to say if we love it. If we want to flush it, not so much that the song should have never been written, but it's like, eh, get it off. Uh, Buy, so say you are creating a playlist or a mixtape of Nirvana, you want to get somebody into the band, what one or two or three songs from this album would you put on that playlist? And then what songs do you wish were never written? Terminated, get them out of here, they do nothing for the catalog. So, starting off, track one, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Chris, what are we... Oh, and by the way, sorry, I know, we have to do this. I know there's probably some people here that think this is a 10 out of 10. Every song needs to be here, but it's part of the game. 
let your guard down a little bit and and pick one. So, uh, Chris, smell like Teen Spirit. What are we picking? Uh, yeah, an enormous love. Yeah, it's yeah one of those songs I can still listen to. Yeah, it's uh, that's I guess considered overplayed, but uh, yeah, it's it's got the it's got the juice. I got the yeah. juice. <laughs> I will say maybe a song that I don't really need to hear anymore, but I, I think it was super important and you can't like you can't get rid of that. So you got to give it a love. Kev? Is my hand strained towards the button? No, not yet. Mm. I'll keep wow, it that would, that would, Yeah, that would have that would have been a, a yikes. What a oh, come on. That is not more controversial yeah. than terminating jump. Um, my turn, and I am going to, I don't know if this is a surprise or not, but if you are going, I, I structure all of my buys in terms of writing a screenplay, a film about the band, and uh, you go into the movie, and you want, you you go in there, you paid your 13 bucks because you expect to see this scene. You paid for it, so I'm giving it to you. I'm buying this song. There you go. I think that's fair. I think it's fair. All right, track two, In Bloom, Chris. Uh, as much as I wanted to kill it uh, for its overly infectious uh, melody, uh, that's the reason I can't kill it. Yeah, it's just, it's it's got that uh, very uh, per- personality-driven drum fill from Dave in the beginning, and just that, uh, just the, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, what a pop rock song should be. So I'm going to give it a, a big love. All right, uh, I'm going to give it a big love as well. Again, another big single that I've heard so many times, but not as much as Smells Like Teen Spirit. And again, I love the uh, love Dave's sim- simplistic heavy drumming on this one, so sticks around for me. Kev? You know, I know I kind of trashed the guitar solo on this one, uh, but I'm going to keep this one around um, overall. I-, I enjoyed listening to it more than Teen Spirit. I, I had no familiarity with this song, so it was fresh to me, so I liked it. Okay. Uh, track uh, wait, three wait, 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 hang on. Yeah, no, I'm more. sorry, Mark. Uh, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark in Bloom. I'm losing I my order here. I am flushing this oh, one, just... and I don't feel like I want to explain it. I just, I just don't like okay. it. Don't like it. <laughs> it's the one of the big four songs that I just don't think hold up. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, come as you are. Track three, Chris. You know, it's funny. Yeah, this. Uh, it's funny those two uh, little bullet point uh, kind of revelations almost ruined it for me as far as that they kind of took the intro yeah from uh, a couple other songs but yeah I've loved this song since I was probably 13 14 years old it's one of my kind of one of the songs that turned me onto the band uh, and not that they did it better necessarily but again it just has I don't know that that specific impact uh, this will be my first buy actually yeah. Hey, when I was it, in that high doesn't school, sound like anything else. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Doesn't sound like anything else in there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and again, a song that I've heard so many times. And but I also realize that um, I feel like there is a, a, a decent amount of diversity on this record. Especially, I mean, come on, they got three records, and we all know what the last record was like. There was like one standout track, so. There's more diversity on this one compared to that one. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and buy this one to cover the slower portion, slower track portion of the album. Kev? Uh, I'm getting myself <laughs> into real trouble looking at the track listing. 
Um, I'm going to give this bye. Um, but I'm going to beg for mercy and uh, request that you let me retroactively buy Smells Like Teen Spirit. Can I do okay. that? Oh. You're, you're buying Are you feeling pressure from your brother or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy Smells Like Teen Spirit too. Wow, cause... that's the that's the most mainstream thing I've seen you do on this whole uh <laughs> What a slap in the face from Chris. The most amazing. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. Maybe it's because that's the only (laughs) only bits of this band I like. Um, That's that's good. I'm just. I just just don't know what's so. I'm looking at the rest of the tracks and I don't know what's so compelling that I would buy it. I'm just going to be honest. I I don't have that deep cut that I love. I'm not going to give away the rest of my choices, but that's, that's kind of where shame. we are. And using <laughs> Mark's criteria, which he does have a good point. Um, yeah, God, I hate buying these two tracks, though. It's it's the buy the numbers uh, playlist. No, that's fair. Our audience. <laughs> no, it's it's just like so lame. It's like you get it on any best best of hits. That's true, but also I realize like you just like you said you just listened to this record full and full for the first time like this week. So it's like I get it why you would pick more of the popular songs, which I will not be doing because I've heard this album so much. Maybe, so maybe there's my criteria. You but whatever you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I wanted. Because you got three of them. Well, he's also got three buys. Exactly, yeah. exactly. All right, we'll just deal with it this time and yeah. move on. Yeah, maybe, maybe I should say, yeah, you're probably going to get uh, trashed later. Yeah, maybe buying those two probably will yeah, make problems, we'll problems for that, you later. It doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> Stay All right, um, was no, Mark I'm up on this. On this I'm conflicted on it. Um, there, are song, there are bits of this song that annoy me greatly, just my personal opinion. There are bits of the song that are very innovative, and I think I have to just give it a love because it ends quite nicely. I love how serene that I don't have a gun part comes across despite really not sounding what you would musically expect for something so that, that it evokes such a serene feeling. So uh, that's interesting enough to get, uh, to result in a love for me. So Okay. Yeah, ah, oh, man, I really don't know what to do with this record. But track four, Breed, Chris. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this a love. Yeah, it's just a fun kind of driving, uh, uh kind of, you know, punk rocker with, uh, it was, it was some great, uh, kind of, uh, lyrical, uh, if you want to go cadence from Kurt that just really flows very well, really serves the song. So yeah, I'll give it a love. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to buy this one, but I don't know if I will, because I feel like it's still, like I said, I'm trying not to pick all the popular songs here just because I know this too much. I, I want to give more love to the deeper tracks, but uh, I'm going to give it a strong love. Love this song. I've played it live. Fun one to play live. Uh, solid track. Kev. <laughs> too simple the for The no him. explanation flush. Let the flush stand on its own. Just to double check, do we yes, have to terminate two or just one? Yes, we oh, yikes. We have to terminate yes, two? Same rules yep. as last There's album, There's only three everybody. albums here. You Cue gotta double teams. buy and double terminate. Wait a minute. What did I... Swap did I, dir- and Mr. I didn't know that. You, you terminated last record. <laughs> Got a Mr. Okay, no, mustache on this one? No. <laughs> no, that's fine. I would still keep the song around. I, I still, I, I stand where I'm at. Right. But okay, now that I know the rules. Uh, okay, Mark. Uh, just poke it. 
It's just it, it's it's got it's got, it gets the blood going, I guess. It's just just a light squeeze. Okay. Um and track five, lithium, Chris. Uh yeah, another big love for me. Yeah. Love the uh just a very kind of uh very breathing kind of melodic and drum fills. Um and uh just the quirky lyrics. Yeah. Kind of the yeah, kind of like the uh self uh, like this weird mental self-awareness that I thought was yeah, very kind of interesting. Yeah. Always appreciated that. So yeah, I love okay uh where are we next on the list here is that me on lithium yeah Yeah, i gotta give this one a love i appreciate the dynamics the way it starts off kind of slow um and then just you know it maybe follows the structure but a classic tune a good live track and uh, i think it's a it's a good single for a reason so i will keep it around kev i'm gonna give this one the t oh What a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. does bother yeah, me, but this is basically the high point of Nirvana and their musicality. I think, like, mm-hmm. the, at least that the, that bass line. Oh, come on, it's the same song as Smells No, like no, it, that, that's a four-chord riff. This is the <laughs> oh, this is like one of the few moments is this a three chord in the riff? song they break out. No, the whole uh, the, the whole chord progression is... is Oh, complex I guess it is <laughs> by Nirvana standards. <laughs> so I yeah. guess I have to keep this one around. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. Like it, it, the chorus is, is stupid. Can't deny it gets stuck in my head though, and uh, it, it is probably as good as Nirvana gets if you're into this for um, at least interesting composition. Okay, uh, what do we got next? Uh, Poly track six, Chris. Uh, yeah, I already kind of explained it in my uh, uh, in the uh, track by track. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this a love. Um, I don't, I don't care that it's stupid and simple melody. I, yeah, I, I think it works. Plugging his ears for I, I appreciate this one. I. I'm pretty sure this one's on the MTV Unplugged version, and that helped me appreciate it more, and I appreciate when Dave gets on the backup harmonies on this one. So uh, it's not a favorite song, but I like it, and I will keep it around, Kev. I'm going to give this one a love. I think it's necessary for the album. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Thank Mark. You, uh, <laughs> this one has to get... It can't get the T because it is necessary for the flow of the album, it just very much has it evokes that that scene in uh, Star Trek. Not to get too dorky on this show, but where Worf takes the guitar out of Jordy's hands oh God, and he's starts a dork. smashing it into oh, the yes. tree. Did you shut up right. with your dorm guitar? Flush, flush that guitar. <laughs> Allison Shane's all day. All right, let's bring it on over to track seven, flipping the record over Chris Territorial Pissings. God, this stinks, but again, I got to go with Mark's uh, the rules that he has set as the MC. Um, I'm going to reluctantly flesh this. Um, Chris is not going to be taking his guitar tones. Yeah, I guess I'll flesh it because of that, even though it is even though it is a rager and has its has its moments. Yeah. 
Alex. All right. Yeah. Oh man, this is tricky too because I really I love this song a lot, but oh man. Yeah, I might have to, oh man, I might have to flush this one too. I, I it's so tough. Yeah. But because I love I don't want to get rid of anything but these freaking rules. <laughs> so yeah, You're just talking about a band what? that didn't follow. I, rules. I'm only yeah, I'm only yeah. gonna flush it because it is so simple and I feel like I don't know, they have other songs kind of in this vibe that might be better and yeah, let's let's stick with that. I got a flush one. I don't want to do it, but I love it. Kev. Uh, I'm going to go back to Mark's Star Trek reference uh, to get geeky on the show. But remember uh, Star Trek 4 when there's the punk on the bus yeah. and then Spock gives him the neck pinch so the radio turns <laughs> off and the bus claps? <laughs> two Star Trek references in two minutes. Uh, burying the geek meter on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's I right. like Star Trek 4. Good movie. Um, I, I guess I'm just going to be alone on this one in uh, Stocks on the Rise, Big Love. <laughs> I don't know. This is the one song that I would go back to if I was in a mood uh, for this kind of thing. I would go back to this song. It's a, I don't know. It stands out. I love this song. But man, these freaking rules. Okay. Track eight. Drain you, Chris. Uh, another big love. Yeah. Just great pop structure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to do the same. Uh, I'll give this one. Yeah. I'll give it a love as well. Yeah. You, I can't get rid of this. I have too many members with these songs. This is tough. Yeah. Kev. And I was in high school. I can't, I can't, like the rest of the song, I can't remember at all, but I can't flush the, the most interesting part of the album, so it's got to stay around. You know what? Ditto. It's exactly what I did. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, with a nod to Pink Floyd, yeah, right, it's, right. it stays. All right. Uh, track nine, Long Jack. Chris. All right, yeah, this uh, I I don't like to be predictable, but uh yeah, this has to this has to be burnt. This has to be burned to a cinder. <laughs> Welcome to your my lounge. I'm going to greet you with a flamethrower. F- flamethrower. <laughs> Busting through the door and just ah. I'm going to I'm going to surprise some people here. I'm going to I'm going to do the same. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, <laughs> this poor lounge. Yeah. I, like, I, I, I think it's in the CIA. I think it's. I think it's a great close to the chest there. I think it's a great. <laughs> I think it's a great deep cut, and I've heard so many of these songs so many times. So I appreciate the ones that I don't listen to enough. But I get your arguments, and it's a song that, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if it necessarily needed to be there, even though I do love it. Right. So yeah. hey, it's part of the game. I wouldn't get rid of it if I didn't have to, but I gotta. Um, yeah. <laughs> I used all my teas. What can I say? No. <laughs> the only thing that still works in the lounge is the toilet. I just <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to be nuking that toilet. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, I will say this, though, despite my two incoming terminations on this record, I'm not angrily terminating <laughs> these tracks. The, the, it's no, not like no. well, a, this yeah. needs you know 
I'm not, I guess I'm just not severely terminating them. I don't hate them. Yeah, Lounge Act was a little bit of a severe okay. for me, but yeah. But, uh, but it's e- right. even, <laughs> even as, as, yeah. as much, you know, as I gave Lithium, like it's really not the worst song we've covered in this discography by a large well, amount. Well, thank, you know, it, it's really not that bad. <laughs> Mr. Mustache on the end. <laughs> you know, there's somebody out there that's their favorite Nirvana song. <laughs> they're ever. probably on Reddit that's and they've just, got an army of downvoters. <laughs> At their command. Mr. Mustache. There you go. The most underrated your guys' addresses yeah. right now. They, they, they sit there control effing every Mr. page for Mr. Mustache. Boy, they got a little app on their phone that alerts them. And Mr. Mustache is being talked about on the internet. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> did go we finish up Lounge Jack? Are we? Yeah. yeah are lounge, we stay away? Yeah, the Lounge has yeah, been demolished. Goodbye. Stay away. All right. Track 10. Stay away. Chris. Uh, yeah, gonna be my second terminate. Uh, <laughs> as much as I, as much as I like, as much as I know you guys didn't really give a crap. deep cuts. Yeah, I know, I know you guys didn't really give a crap about the deeper liner, but I kind of like Kurt's kind of throwing shots at uh, just what, just guessing as far as what's what was going on in the uh, in the scene at the time. You know, I thought that was kind of, yeah, I thought it was done semi well. Yeah, you know, for a guy who kind of just threw lyrics at the wall, but. <laughs> All right. Well, this is where I break from the pack. I'm giving a little love to the deep cuts here. I'm giving this one a buy because I feel like most people don't know it. And I I was either going to buy this or Territorial Pissings, but I think there's more going on here, and I love it. So, suck it, <laughs> Well, uh, if you thought Iron Maiden has repetitive choruses, they have nothing on Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I am flushing something valuable here because there are some moments of this song that are uh, interesting mm-hmm. and perhaps worth saving, but I I can't get over the the cringiness of this. It, it, it's got to go. Like I can't. <laughs> if, if if the music would have been more memorable, I think it would have. I think it would have helped. Yeah. All right. Track eleven yeah. on a plane, Chris. Um, bring on the ums. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, gonna be my second buy. Yeah, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's a song that's, uh, that I remember liking, but it surprised me as far as listening to it now. Yeah, like, okay, this is a really well structured musical, um, uh, piece. True. So, yeah. All right. And, and the way I'm approaching this is, um, I haven't looked at their greatest hits record in a while, the, uh, the black record, the greatest hits. So, I mean, to me, Nevermind is kind of a greatest hits record just in of its own. Sure. So, uh, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm appreciating. Uh, I'm a, I, was trying to, I was trying to say appreciating <laughs> and approaching at the same time. <laughs> the way I'm approaching my playlist is maybe give a little love to stuff that wouldn't necessarily be on the greatest hits. Um, so, I will give On a Plane my third buy of the year. Gav. Uh, I'm going to keep this around just for the hymns alone. Yes. <laughs> a magical moment of the um, uh, lyrical. Uh, I was uh, surprised. Yeah. I was surprised they pulled it out. Pleasantly surprised. It's nice when they throw those unicorn uh, choices in there. It's like, oh, I didn't expect that, but it really works. I'm, yeah. ready, I'm ready for Mark. Yeah, I'm um, confused at the. 
acceptance of such a poppy song on the back half. I mean, usually when a poppy song is buried deep, it it's totally just filler, hoping to get that third leg of the tour. If well, you know some radio station starts playing it, takes off. Um, I think I'm going to terminate this one. Um, it. I, I would have taken either nothing or another Ooh. another punk rager, <laughs> rather than just a a a pop bit with some Def Leppard ooze. You know, I, I love that stuff, but I I, just, it, I feel like if you're going to make this the definitive '90s record, what's this doing on here? Do you think it would? What if it were somewhere else on the record? Or do you, or no, do you just like, not it, like it again, this album is just like this yeah, head yeah. fake with smells like Teen Spirit, and then you, you, mm. I, I get why Polly's there, but just like it, it, it goes too far. Pop. I mean, I don't know. Like, wouldn't you take another punk track rather than? I don't know. I, I like it too much. I no. wish. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe getting if rid of Lounge Act. Another punk track. Get rid of Lounge Act. Put a ranger in there. I didn't hear. Yeah, it. <laughs> Lounge Act. I did terminate that. Lounge. No, I right, know. Did, yeah. No, I'm saying like. But I'm saying you're just getting they, rid of that and putting in keeping uh, uh, keeping uh, on a plane and then putting in a rager. Yeah, to replace Lounge Act, and you can move it wherever you want it. But uh, I, I I like on a plane. It's 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 a well structured enough kind of. Yeah, pop song of that ilk. Yeah, that I think it. I think it deserves oh, a. It's a solid I'm not buying it. To say. I'm turning yeah. it. So. <laughs> All right, you've already made <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not fair enough. All right. Yeah. Um, track twelve, final song of the album, something in the way, Chris. Um, it's funny. As much as the repetitiveness irritates me, I like again another song. I like the structure. I like the kind of the somber, kind of melancholy feel of it. Uh, and I think it works a little bit better than Polly, even though I like Polly, but I think here, I think they kind of get this, yeah, it's more professional sounding, I guess, which some people might not like and might be turned off by that, but I think it, I think it works. It helps balance the, uh, the drier acoustic songs. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, I will give this one a light squeeze, honestly, uh, even though it is one of maybe their bigger songs, um, it's a nice tale, you know, way to, to round out the end of the album. It, it kind of is the other poly on the record where you kind of got a lot of mid mid to fast tempo songs. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you got Come As You Are, Polly, and Something In The Way are the three kind of slower tracks. Uh, this one is probably my least favorite of those three. And uh, as he says, an on a plane and one more special message to go and then I'm done and I can go home. That kind of leads to me that there's one more <laughs> song to end the record and here it is. So uh, give it a light squeeze, Kev. Uh, okay. Oh, boy. I'm not sure. I was going to give this a light squeeze until Alex pointed out is two chords and almost four minutes long. Ah. <sighs> But it's not terrible. I, I, I'll still stick with a light squeeze. Mark? Um, well, by process of elimination, I think everyone knows that I'm buying this one. Uh, my reasoning for it, because I, I really liked what Kurt wrote on the last record that I bought with Scoff, and just that that repetition, yeah. give me back my alcohol, give me back my alcohol, like just kind of representing what addiction is like. And in some ways, I've I've always liked the idea or you know, explanation of that, of something in the way, like you are in the way you are in your own way. And I feel like that's well represented, well written here. Uh, I think it's a great mm-hmm. follow up in the story, uh, to smells like teen spirit. You've blown up, but you're still somehow 
you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, no matter what, you know, mansion you <laughs> live in now, or I know he didn't buy a mansion, but, uh, you know, he still ended up like what in a motel room or a hotel room. He holed up in some, some, uh, hotel in Seattle or whatever. Like what's the difference, you know, between that and a, and a bridge, you know, like right. it was, it was always like right. in his own mind, he lived under a bridge. That's what I was kind of talking about, Chris, where, um, Maybe that's maybe maybe it's more metaphor. Yeah. yeah, you could say maybe it's more metaphor. Whether he did or didn't. like who, who knows? Like again, you you'll never know. Like every there's so much interpretation mm-hmm. with his, and a lot of the time it, you're just people are just kind of and, grasping. But here, it really I'm buying it. Yeah. Like if if it's you metaphorical, it, yeah. like living under a bridge right. and always kind of being in your own way. Yeah. Like every time you turn around to leave the bridge, like you somehow end up at the beginning and you got to make that path again and just kind of like again and the repetition right. works there. Um, even if it is two right. chords and this the same thing over and over in the context yeah. of this kind of story. It fits the context. It's a metaphor for yeah. what it is. So I will right. uh, okay. I will definitely be buying this one. Did, did I say whether I liked it? I know I gave my, I was just going on. Everyone gave it a squeeze, I did, okay. but me. I, I know I kind of, so. Okay. Yeah, and, and right. to the, for the fans, we are not covering Endless Nameless uh, uh-huh. just because it's kind of a noise track. I think it's it's cool for what it is. I did. But I, yeah, I did. Listen, yeah, that was interesting. Um, one thing I it, it, one thing I realized I for some reason forgot that it was recorded during this year, but um, not on the album. Actually, a B side to the Smells Like Teen Spirit single, Aneurysm, one of the best Nirvana songs. Incredible, mm-hmm. not on the record. That would have gotten a big love for me if that was on yeah, here. But uh, they put Lounge Jack instead. Not on so, a record you know, at all. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, no, it's like on, it was was, a single. It was, yeah, it was like it's on its own thing and was like on live stuff, but, uh, it wasn't on a studio album, but that's, oh, what a great song. And isn't it strange? And we don't need to to have a large retrospective here because we kind of did that up front, um, uh, on this episode, but that we only have one more record to go. Isn't that weird? After doing some of these 10, 13, 15 track discographies, we're almost done with Nirvana. So bring on Frances Farmer. We'll have her revenge on Seattle. Next record, next week, we'll also be going live for you, uh, hopefully on uh, Sunday night, or we'll see when it is. We'll post it on our Twitch, but uh, we will be closing out their Nirvana discography with uh, their following record in Euro. See you then. <laughs>